0: All right, I'm Gabrielle Carteris, I'm president of SAG-AFTRA, and I'm on the Below the Belt show.
1: And 90210? 90210, there you go. Andrea Zuckerman.
2: (laughs) The
3: Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Don't say that! Never say that! Coonies never say die! Wax on, wax off. Blackie.
1: Yeah, that's right guys, it's time for another episode of Beats Me Be Below the Belt show. In the house, I'm your host Al Soto aka Celebrity Soto, your host. With the most here for your weekly pleasure guys, we have an incredible show for you from top to bottom. Let's start by introducing my guest co-host tonight. She is affectionately known as the Freakin' Rican and the Latin Satin. <laughs> the Boricua herself, actress extraordinaire, Desi Velez. What's up, Des? Hello! Rican in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Boricua Morena in the house. Good it's to have finally,
0: you. It's finally fashionable to be Boricua. Yeah. <laughs> be a weekend in film and TV.
1: There you go. There you go. Like you said, Latin and Satin. Um, Des, we have an incredible show tonight, um, and we, we got to talk about the B&M Web Fest because our special guest, who will be joining us very shortly, is an accomplished writer and actress in Hollywood. She won B&M Web Fest awards, including Best Dramedy, Best Ensemble Cast in a Dramedy, and Best Writing in a Dramedy uh, for her highlight called The High Life. Stephanie Sandits will be joining us momentarily here on BTB. We can't wait to talk to her about her project. She's a member of not only the Writers Guild, but also SAG-AFTRA. So she represents both guilds, which of course, uh, neither neither guild is on strike right now. So that's always a refreshing thing. Um, but uh, I guess just at least
0: little... so far, we'll so... have to see.
1: <laughs> At least so far.
0: The verdict's not completely out with me and many other people. We'll see.
1: Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So, so as uh, Fran Drescher called the contrarians or the naysayers, right? Is, is, that, is that is that what you're referring to?
0: Yeah. Some people have used that term, but there's some valid things that we'll discuss later that have come up. Um, It's not so much naysaying, but probably fortuitous. And that's okay. what people um, need to keep in mind.
1: So, we're going to get into the strike a little bit later, but let's talk about some of the highlights from the BNM Web Fest, Dazzy. I mean, uh, you only attended the um, the premiere uh, day for your web series, Rosemary Street, which uh, was a fantastic pilot uh, um, or actually series now um, shot in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, although we didn't see your episode, uh, we saw
0: not yet that's coming that's coming but it is a nice teaser and the feedback we got which is wonderful and one of the feedback was the episodes are too short which I agree with because this is meant to be more of like a tv series as a, even as a, a web series I, I felt the episodes were too short but there's there's more coming and it's a great place for it to have premiered being that it is shot and produced in baltimore and puts baltimore in such a great light
1: a positive light because we know the wire homicide life on the street um there's many shows yeah we own the city that kind of just showed the gritty side the the crime side of of the city and it was good to see like you said um that baltimore is a big arts you know community it's a city of you know it is charm city there's a lot of arts and music and it's kind of cool how you can can tell all these different stories from the older rockers to the young teenage cast to the older neighbor cast. So you guys are hitting all the demos there, which is really cool. So can't yeah, wait to see.
0: Actor, my actor, um, my part is going to be someone that owns a cannabis shop. So
1: <laughs> what well, does the freaking yes, me can know about cannabis? Uh, that's what I want to.
0: And it was shot. And that's a big thing now, you know, and, you know, we <laughs> have Perigita on there. Um, And she was she a contestant
1: right. on NBC's The Voice. Yes.
0: Yeah, she plays one of the characters. So, yes. you know, we're bringing in and there's a, what's the name of the uh, young man that sings rap? He's one yes. of the children
1: in it. Yes, his name is escaping me, but he he, he performed uh, he had such a great performance that night. Yes, yeah. So so West. we have yeah.
0: um a few people on there that are very well known in streaming. You know, they have big followings and they're they're joining our cast and it's it's just such a great mix of ages and backgrounds.
2: Yeah,
1: and I love it. Yeah, but Rosemary was definitely one of the highlights. I have to throw out my projects. Uh, with Barkata DMV, which uh, won uh, Best Cast in a Pilot. i excited to announce that, or thank you so much to Elena and all the jurors that uh, voted for us. Um, You're
0: welcome.
1: <laughs> yes, so that's you too. Uh, <laughs> b and, has been really good to us. And of course, Francis Abbey was an incredible director who brought those films. He was our, he was our leader, you know? And uh, we were so happy to have um, Francis Films recognized an entire block on Thursday night at the b Fest, which is really, really cool. And um, speaking of more B&M Web Fest award winners, <laughs> let's welcome from Los Angeles, California, West You're Coast representing writer extraordinaire, actress extraordinaire, Stephanie Sanditz from The High Life and so many other cool projects. Stephanie, thanks for... Being a guest here on BTD below the belt show.
3: I'm so happy to be here. Then what an exciting welcome.
1: Yes, <laughs> no doubt. You're one of the <laughs> highlighted films as part of the we're just talking about the BM Webfest. Because myself and Desi uh yes. Hi. <laughs> had such yeah. a great time. <laughs> and loved so your love your pilot the highlight. In fact, you won three
3: awards, didn't you, Stephanie? I think I think just two, but just I'll two? take that um okay. uh, elena
1: texted me three awards best oh, dramedy really? best ensemble cast in a dramedy and best writing in a dramedy
3: i didn't that's know about best writing okay.
1: that's okay. what she just texted me i was like it's funny part's...
3: it's yeah because it's someone told me that i missed something while i was doing the um the spinny around thing Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone, you know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows that they had this, like they took the winners and they had one of those platforms where you spin. It's I, a, know, like, like a, I a had too much fun. On, so I might, someone told me I might have missed an award. So maybe I did. But yes, I have my, my, um, it was such a great festival. And thank you. Um, now and now I'm accepting my third award. Well, you know, yes. I
0: apologize for not being there. At the beginning, I was listed as one of the producers and stuff, but I had to step back a little bit when my brother was sick. And this year, you know, now it's my mom, but I'm so glad I got to go there at the end because I will tell you from the submissions, the fact of any of you that have won an award says a lot, because I will tell you, I sat up many a sleepless night and watched all these submissions. You watched every submission, Desi. So many good ones. Wow, so many tens, so many. you know, um, and the competition was fierce,
3: fierce. You know, that's also why I love going to these festivals. Was just you know meeting all of the other filmmakers like you, and like I, I made friends. I zoomed with um, Jessica Sure today. Of uh, she had the women's comedy pilot. I don't know. I just made yes. a lot of friends, it's such a devil. really wonderfully well-run festival. Yes. I just want to see yes. if you guys can see my LA. Sunset, can you see? Oh, wow. sweet. Look at that
2: view. That's very LA,
3: right? Yeah. Nice. Got the tall palm trees out Sometimes. there. Sometimes I know. So I I love palm trees too cuz I feel like it's like Hollywood like it seems so impossible but like if there's a dream they can make it, you know.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about the high life because I think a lot more audiences need to see this other than the ones within the film festivals that you that you um showcasing the film. Um what is the future of the High Life, uh, first of all? Because it's just incredible. It was so entertaining. It was funny. And uh, love to see more
3: episodes. I tell them a little bit about what it's about? Yeah, yes. please <laughs> do.
0: Please do, because they haven't seen it. And we'd love to hear from from the creator's mouth.
3: So um, the undertones are about finding faith and family in the modern world. And it's centered around... A true life experience of growing up in a mixed religious family in Missouri, uh, with a Jewish insurance father who, salesman who secretly wanted to be a stand-up comic and a Christian mother from Texas who really wanted to be accepted into suburbia. And I had this crazy aunt who was very successful, who had. Um, wore like turquoise eyeshadow and like traveled around the world making money she was an executive vice president of MasterCard and she led this glamorous life and had like three beamers and a personal shopper at Neiman's and was like really eccentric and I kind of idolized her and um, my parents always wanted me to show up to all these different religious uh, events without having any faith in them and um, I was always kind of questioning meaning and they kind of Um, and I was exploring different religions growing up. And then I went to New York and I got this job, um, working for a a company called the high life. And my job was to review 55 bars and 55 nights to find out what people were looking for in the city. And I got in, I had a little too much fun. Um, yeah, I was
0: going to say that actually sounds like not a bad job.
3: (laughs) It was a very fun job right out of college. Um, And while I was there, my aunt sadly gets ovarian cancer and she battles it 10 years and dies. And as she died, after she died, my whole family got together to mourn her and essentially to hear where she left her millions of dollars. And we were all shocked to find out that her dying wish was for the whole family to get together, get naked. And hike her ashes to the top of a nudist Buddhist monastery that she'd secretly joined the last 10 years of her life as she battled cancer and found peace. So we did that. All sides of my totally repressed, not groovy family hiked a ziplop, Ziploc bag of ashes up a mountain naked to fulfill a dead woman's last spiritual request. And um and the pilot's about that experience, and it's like. In it's hilarity and it's awkwardness and like the sadness of why didn't she feel like she could tell us that she found this thing and everyone that day had spiritual awakenings um, and the show is essentially about that journey and then if I get to do more it will be about a woman coming back to her home whose life is not at all what it presents to be and kind of search searching for like connection with her family and religion but in this like comedic undertone I describe the main character that I play as like the love child of Larry David and Sarah Silverman who's like desperately (laughs) searching for meaning but like honest to a fault so I kind of want this comedic person to be able to like ask all the questions about like get into a lot of trouble but like look for meaning and community in a funny way like spend a week in a burka or like go on tour with a Christian rock band or join Scientology for you know like but also really trying to connect with her family and like possibly explore the idea that maybe her aunt didn't die and just wanted to see if her family would actually go through with it. I'm still not convinced that she's not like, I can't believe you guys did that, you know? (laughs) So, Anyways, it was really, really fun to make and I'm really proud of it and had a great cast and to get people that were willing to like you know the Spanx budget for because we don't really get don't really get
1: naked, right? Yeah, we we yeah. both watched it, Des- Desi and myself, and I was curious. So you got a, around those scenes, but you're saying a lot of spanks, a lot of things were covered,
2: and well, the, only the for that one scene. We're
3: not, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> I, they should have gotten paid extra. I mean, they, the they were, you know, the, they were. So we have, we had real. So we shot a nudist colony they like to be called naturalists so we actually like went to nudists we as opposed to trying to get actors that wanted to take their clothes off in the background we found actual nudists which is a trip because like during craft services and lunch, like they didn't put clothes on. You know? They're just like I'm like sw- trying to talk to them. I'm like, don't look down, look down, look down. You know? <laughs> they're what just they swinging in the breeze mouth? over <laughs> the crackers and cheese. It's like weird to eat like hot bean burritos in the summer naked, you know? Like it's, I don't know. There's just like a lot there. So it was the it was so fun to make. So thank you for watching.
2: Oh well, yes, it was absolutely. an amazing,
0: amazing script. And all I kept thinking is wow where did she come up with this so I, I it's so nice to hear That's you true. know they often say writers write the best from personal experiences right but when I first saw it, I said man this is so far-fetched it can't be real but but it yeah. Is, yeah it is
1: autobiographical it. right yes yeah. parts of it are yeah.
3: yeah my husband at the time who was not my husband drove up with me there and didn't go the hike but like in um there's a scene in the beginning where there's a sign. It says no, no clothing, no drinking, no smoking, um, no cursing. And like, I just remember him seeing it and he was smoking a cigarette clothes, just kind of new into the relationship and was just like F, like said the, I don't, you know, said the F word and it was just like-
1: You can curse on the show. I'm good. So he
3: like waited outside as like we, so he can attest that it really happened. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. So what aspects are- from actual life and what aspects in the high life are completely fictionalized
3: um so the funeral uh, the funeral um the co-ed naked funeral is real um the characters i don't have a gay libertarian brother um i have a sister that i hardly ever write about because she's kind of like well adjusted and awesome so that's not fun
2: um, <laughs> not uh, interesting right
3: She's amazing. She's an incredible painter in New York. Lisa Sandis, look her up. Um, I based nice. the, the uh, brother character off from my friend named Herndon Graddick, who used to be the president of Glad, And he's this like, I liked the idea of like, he like believes in free love and free market economy. So he's this kind of like richy rich, like aloof character that um, like is gay, but like, that's the other uh, everything else is like so conservative and him being this kind of if the if the if the series goes further I like the idea that he's trying to run for office in Missouri which is a conservative state and he um essentially will hire his sister later to find the religion that will give him the most um constituents um so that was kind of made up um I did have a crazy foray of reviewing bars I did not just a little spoiler alerts but I did not get his uh the bar scene which is kind of iconic um it never got that bad but um but i did yeah yeah (laughs) but i thought that was um, great (laughs) and like if you see i never, um but so so that that was a little exaggerated but not like so far off i was kind of exploring different versions of the nightlife trying to find community and i think there's a lot of themes of you know, chosen family now, I think is like a big theme for different people that live, um, you know, in different places of the country or don't relate to their families. And uh, I also, so I feel like that's kind of topical. I also feel like after the pandemic, like a lot of people were not only faced with tragedy and death and like kind of question, like what really matters in the life, um, but also like forced to live with their families for a little little long, awkward time. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of want to like explore a lot of those, like collective resets you know kind of like coming of ages in later in your life
1: yeah wow that that's a, that that's really well said so but i also want to talk to you because you're a writer and an actress and you were affected by both the writers guild uh strike and uh the, the sag aftra strike yes uh, how was it like for you during that period of time when then work completely ceased
3: um Interesting. Part of me keeps referring, I mean, I, this is no, I, I should, shouldn't say this because the pandemic was terrible and a lot of people lost their lives, but it was it was kind of like a, I kept referring to the strike as the pandemic too. It's these like big chunks of like not being able to work. Um, I feel fortunate, um, aside from the high life, I've had a real um, working career as a screenwriter. And during the pandemic, I actually... Um, kind of like I wrote four studio features and two got made and, um, I had a afterwards. And so I feel fortunate in that I made some money. So, and I made my healthcare. Um, and I, so I felt fortunate that I didn't become destitute, but I've, I've only been supporting myself as a writer and an actor for 15 years. So, um, I'm now using my savings, but, um, I, it was frustrating and that, and the acting was also incredibly hard and, um, mainly just this kind of, this whole town just down to, you know, taxi drivers and Uber drivers and hotels and catering staffs. And I have friends that work at restaurants and, you know, just costume designers and just, um, I don't really think any of us thought it would last that long, um, you know, and there was times where I'm just really angry that we had to do it, you know, and I think it was for these yeah. like, reasons, but, um, you know, now it's, we're on the other side of it. I think the, the, the both sides of the industry, including the streamers and the companies are all kind of trying to figure out like, what are people buying? How does these business model works? Um, I think some of those were like the main issues were residuals. Yes, but it was both for actors and writers were based on like transparency of, this new way that we watch things like how, how do you quantify what monetary success is and who makes money in streaming platforms? And then
0: not to interrupt you, but it is a horrible business uh, (laughs) plan. And the only one that benefits is the person that owns the LLC or owns the project.
3: Because as we,
0: as we know, tickets, you could keep track of rentals. You keep track of sales. But once things went streaming, and 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 I thought it was just, I mostly work on indies now. Yeah. But uh, I never had a problem getting residuals from major studio things. I'm still getting stuff that was made previous to.
3: I still stream. get law and order checks from something like I know, it's like 25 cents,
0: but you know, at least <laughs> I get it. But I have yeah. two projects, one of which was shot during the pandemic when people needed new they needed something new to watch. Everyone had binge watched yeah. everything on every platform, and we shot it, and we know it made money. And none of us have seen a penny in residuals.
3: Yeah, so that's a problem. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. also that and the AI thing. Part of me also, of yes. when it was just the writers striking. There's only eleven thousand members of the WGA in um LA, and then nineteen thousand on both coats So for nineteen thousand, like you know, neurotic, <laughs> like some of the, there's jokes about like the way that the, um, you know, the the writers and then when the, when the actors like, it was, you know, like all these, some of the writers like had never seen sunlight, we're all picketing, you know? And then when the actors joined, like this picket lines got like much tanner, buffer and sexier. Um, but, <laughs> but still like, when the writers took this on, it was just like, this is bigger than us. Like this is an entire business model. Like 11,000 writers are taking on like all of media, you know, and it's not like Amazon doesn't just make money hard, you know, Amazon is Whole Foods and is, is the Amazon, you know, it's not like they're not relying on, you know, all of just the movies we make to make money. So I think, so I still think it'll be interesting to, my hope is somehow there'll be a way that we can keep making movies that are you know indie and like that there's we have a transparency in what people are watching and one of the things on the streaming platforms is we all got to watch so many different things and then you go to the theaters and it's still just like the huge studio films and my hope is that somehow we get to see access to like more of the indies and it's not just it doesn't cost so much money just to put huge huge budget films into like the theaters but I don't know you know, well, let I me
0: ask you from,
3: from your end, what
0: because we were at total supporter of you guys. And for one thing, thank you for blowing the whistle and letting us know more about the AI because I think even now, um, I'm thinking about doing a TikTok about this. A lot of people I talk to that aren't in the business that were seeing my posts were like, yeah, I kind of don't know what you guys are fighting about. And, it's, and I don't think they know the difference between... AI and um, what's the other thing that they use to create the dinosaurs and CGI. They don't know the difference between AI and CGI. And so you have to kind of explain to them, CGI can create some things that aren't there, that, they, that can be a tool to the actor or to the c- scenery. I said, but AI replaces actors
3: i mean i think i could find if you're interested i think there's actually from sag i think there's a huge meeting tomorrow night and i was just reading there is contract um Mm -hmm. but i think there's an open meeting going over everything tomorrow night at 7 30 i want to like fact check that like um if you give me a second i can post it to you later that everyone's allowed to come but um i mean so
1: many people have so many questions i mean out of curiosity have you tried like chat gpt see no and And I
3: honestly yeah yeah. and like um my husband uses it you know he's an actor turned photographer and like um he uses it all of the time for his there's so many benefits to it like you know what there's so many benefits to you know he will say give me a business proposal for shooting you know this advertising thing like I want to do a proposal uh, for you know a school I want it to like, look like this, this, and this, these are my budget breakdowns, put it in bullet points, like say how, like, look at my, look at my resume and like, you know, create a a paragraph on how I'm talented and I can be successful. And it will write something like a beautiful tool. That's a beautiful document. That's not his skill. Um, So that's one thing in terms of screenwriting. And just so you know, like one of the things of, yeah, you could say, Chat GPT, please make a movie about three people doing a below the belt podcast when all of a sudden aliens invade and they think that we are the presidents of the United States and we have to convince them that um to our political agenda. And it would, it would write something not that bad. You'd have to like, I mean, it's like yeah. it's so it's kind of crazy. It will scary. It will, it's it's scary. And it's it
2: scary. will yeah. be,
3: there'll be huge pockets, but like if you know how to use it, there's like something there. So it can't be ignored. So some of the things are like, we need to work with it. And then the other, there are ways to work with it. But then the other thing is, it's just like, at some point, we're all going to have to decide like, what, this is my opinion, obviously. Yeah. 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 I'll have to decide like, what value of human life is there? Like, at what point do we want no humans working in a grocery store checkout or we like like having three people work there and then six self-checkouts, you know, at what point? So the like the most obvious thing though is they could totally erase screenwriters and just have someone who knows how to read chat GPT. Someone has to come up with the prompts, but then someone could just go through them. Or like I write the first draft of a screenplay. And I turn it in and they're like, that's great, but let's change it to vampires in the 1800s and make all of the humans dogs. And like, they could change that enough so that when it gets made, I don't get residuals or I don't. Right, get you, you,
0: ha- you have no ownership then mm-hmm. it's not There's, your work anymore. They're actually, I, like, I think that's yeah. to be said with anything, um, whether it's, uh, Science, you know, in terms of certain drugs or whatever, or whether it's technology, everything starts out with a good intention. The problem is there's always going to be pe- people that are going to want to use it for their own self-serving needs, whether it screws everybody else or not. And that's where right now our this country, I feel, is behind Europe because Europe has already put out some specific mandates um because they are protecting this is one thing i do like about england they protect their people's jobs um and they also europe supports theater they support filmmakers australia as well uh over here it seems we don't have as much value we do and we don't we serve as value because it makes certain people money, but not so valuable that uh it's hard to explain.
3: Um no, I mean I think I think what you're tapping into is completely right. And I mean I'll also say one of the, the other hardest parts for me is, you know, I also produce and direct my own stuff and I have Mm -hmm. half my friend base are producers. You know, like there's times where some of my best friends work at ABC and Disney, and I'd be like, I'm protesting outside. Want to get coffee after? You know, like it was hard to not talk to these people. They're not bad people, but like they also wouldn't necessarily disagree. It's just there's basically five companies running everything. So it's just like, you know, Disney is FX, which is Fox, which is, you know, there's not that many companies. So it's like, or it's hard to know who to blame. And like who can we who can we talk to about the value of human life and like well I want- you can't
0: because they collude
3: <laughs> and no one's gonna take responsibility. So like that's yeah. the you know, yeah. so we have to collectively decide um that like efficiency isn't the most important thing, you know?
1: Now, um now Stephanie, I know you have an event, but I want to throw out a couple of things because now the sag strike is over. We can promote projects, which I'm really happy yeah. to talk about. I saw the trailer for The List, and I got to see it. I saw saw that it's streaming on Amazon and Roku. And uh, if you could tell us a little bit about your character of Adrian, because the actual actual trailer looked really funny.
3: Yeah, I have a funny, um, The List, um, I act in, and a good friend of mine named Melissa Miller. It's funny. I haven't promoted this yet because I haven't been able to. wrote it and it's Halston stage stars. It and it's a great, it's kind of like a hall pass. It's a great, um, romantic yes. comedy. that's really fun. It's easy and fun. And it's about a woman who finds out her husband has a, you know, wants a free pass with the celebrity and ends up taking it. So in New York, so she ends up coming to LA to hunt down her top 10 celebrities. And, uh, she's her, son, searching for Oscar Isaac. And I play, um, the like militant, like hyper, Hyper militant psycho um, spin instructor <laughs> who's a little flirty um, that has like three comedic scenes. It's funny. My friend from New York like wrote the part. She like I didn't even audition for it. She was like, "This is your part." So um, oh nice. It was very very yeah. I like, kind happens. of got to improv. Um, so it was kind of playing like a hyper caricature of um, the militant narcissism of Los Angelinos. Um, but it was really really fun, and that was like a casualty of it all too because was my friend's you know second feature she's very talented she couldn't promote it at all um so that was a few months ago right yeah i know it's like boohoo people can but these people have spent a lot of time doing it so yeah well we're
1: promoting it here check out the list
3: i also wrote a movie on amazon called perfect addiction which is a boxing romance um Mm. i know this used to be a did this used to be a fight podcast Bolivar. Well,
1: we 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 talked about a lot of stuff in, in WWE, UFC, but we've evolved to entertainment.
3: Let's just say. Okay. Well, I love I'm uh I I I box and I used to kickbox and I also I saw I was trying to look up more about you Alex I looked on your site and I learned more about um and you're not on there either Desi. Chachi, because I saw that Chachi McFly yes. is still around. Chachi McFly, the king of the 80s. a lot of the great movies that I like, too.
1: Yes, is uh, the king of the 80s. So yeah. Chachi promises so, to be back on the next show. but um,
3: uh, It's funny, because i worked with this company. Um, I've written a bunch of movies for this company, Constantine. And they, before the pandemic, were like, what kind of films do you like? And they only work based on IP. And I said, I've always wanted to do a female Rocky or a female Karate Kid. So we found this oh, book wow. property. Um, that's a romance about perfect called perfect addiction and um, uh, that's also on Amazon Um, but I the director kind of changed stuff around about it but it's still a really steamy fun time and that also just recently came out in March it opens number one on Amazon globally so that's fun
1: that is dope and there's two scripts that you wrote about because I am a comic book aficionado one is heathen from vault comics about female it's a female Viking epic. And then the yeah. other one is a comic that I was surprised to see your name on is She, which is uh, a comic from the, uh, I believe the nineties about yeah. this uh, Japanese warrior princess, right?
3: I love that. You know that it's, yes. yeah, it's about a 21 year old, half American, half Japanese girl who like all 21 year old girls gets uh, inhabited by the ghost of a thousand samurais that came before her. And Holy how yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was one love- of my first. That was one of my first jobs. I got hired to do a dialogue polish on it, and ended up like leading to a lot of different jobs. Um, that oh, is one cool. of many. That is kind of in. Um, yeah, it's a Stanley Tucci comic. It was fun. That was my first foray, and I got to go to Comic Con, and um, that's cool because some people are diehard fans. I have some of the original art too. Um, it was like, we even like, they wanted to get Olivia Wilde to play her for a while. Like, so that's kind yeah. of a the burner, but they keep trying to bring it up. And then Heathen is a vault comic I'm very proud of. Yes. Um, Catherine Hardwick is attached to direct. Um, nice. Again, well, we're well. trying to get it made, but yes, it's a it's a Viking epic about um, a lesbian, young lesbian girl who lives in Nordic times, who is is, is thrown out of her village and escapes to Valhalla and must like any hero circle, um, hero's journey must um, come to head to head with all of the uh, gods, hi Michael, in Valhalla <laughs> and take down Odin and make the N- Nordic world a safer place. Um, so, Sounds
0: like a kick-ass movie. <laughs> it, is. Wow.
3: it was one of the most fun things I've ever written and I really hope it gets made, yeah.
1: Wow. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us here on BTB Below the Belt show. And before we uh, let you go, if you could let us know who you are, throw out a plug for the high life, whatever you want, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show.
3: Um, Hi, this is Stephanie Sanditz. It's been a pleasure to be on Below the Belt. I can most easily be reached on Instagram. It's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-S-A-N-D-I-T-Z. I'm not... The high life right now if you slide into my dms i can give you a secret link
2: Um.
3: otherwise we're waiting to hopefully sell the the show but um find me there and i'm always happy to connect with other filmmakers and um it's really nice to be on this show chatting with both of you all right well,
0: thank you and thank you thank again you, for for making the bnm web fest amazing look here's a picture of you with your two awards
3: like well, glowing. now three. It's going to be three. Yay! There he is. Yay. <laughs> on my shelf back there. Yes. Yes. Um, thank awesome. you for having me, and um, please stay in touch. I hope to see you in Baltimore yeah. or Los Angeles any other time.
1: Yes, of course. And what event you got tonight? Out of curiosity, anything? Uh, oh, I'm I'm either?
3: going to a a, a a screening of um Bass Reeves, the Bass Reeves, um the new Amazon show. There's like you oh, know nice. it's been really fun now that um. Sorry, the David Oyo yellow. Any, anyway, Oyo, uh, yes, yeah, yes. Um, now that everyone can promote things, there's like all of these. If you're in the, there's all these screenings with like receptions, and it's like one of the, one of the fun reasons of living in LA is that um they have these like talkbacks. You know, it's accessible to see I'm going to see Priscilla, and then I'm going to see um. George Clooney's new movie like if you sign up for these things and you're here it's fun to you know kind of go I love a,
1: I love all the FYC events I'm glad yeah, they're back
3: so fun so <laughs> I'm going to one of those um and then if I think if anyone is interested in the actual WGA and SAG contracts both of their websites um have a lot of information it's pretty interesting to educate yourself on that so like reading the contracts is pretty interesting so all right urge people to do that
1: awesome Thank you so much, Stephanie.
3: Stephanie. Have fun. Thank you.
1: Have a good night. All right. That was Stephanie Sandlitz. And we are welcoming to Below the Belt show more amazing co-hosts here on the panel, (laughs) starting with (laughs) the the one and only, affectionately known as the Sith Lord. He (laughs) (laughs) He is also six foot eight, and you can't teach that. The one and only Darth Paul Wallace, right? Hey, the Sith Lord is back, and of course, back on BTB. That's right. The one and only filmmaker extraordinaire, comic book aficionado, pop culture icon, the one and only Michael, the Rainmaker Doherty, back on BTB.
4: I I think one of those things may not like be like the other.
0: One of these things is not like the other. One of like, these I'm things with you, is kind with of With you same. on the first two,
4: with you on yes. the first two, the third one, I'm like, well, that's new. I'll take
1: it. <laughs> I call you pop, a lot of things, it, but, but I call you pop, comic pop, pop, culture pop culture icon. icon?
4: <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you're, uh, I guess, a pop, pop culture you're fiction. Being new
5: comic book writers, that's what it is. Oh. Uh, that would fix
1: everything. There you go. <laughs> well one one thing that three of the four of us here on Below the Belt are are sag AFTRA members so i, I guess not. I, yeah although mike you are a filmmaker um and you've worked with uh, although do you know not feed you guys to check i already got a residual check today there you go see so, <laughs> so, my, so. my company, my company is like, a signatory hey,
0: <laughs> well let's talk about that it from because... a major tv show or a studio film
5: it was a tv show
0: okay see Good luck trying to get it from the indie filmmakers.
1: Oh, well, from the indie,
5: indie filmmakers! I mean, you are working for free. I, I already it's, know it's that.
1: close to impossible. But let's talk about the fact that we're no longer on strike, guys. So yes, one hundred and eighteen days that all the SAG-AFTRA members had to um, be and do you on know what? strike. Could, do you know, what? this could have been done in two weeks. Because the yeah, thing I I,
5: think- I argued and mentioned it was a thing that they needed to get off of was. The residuals for the streaming service, because there was no way they were ever going to release those numbers, so instead they decided to say, "Okay, we'll just give you a bonus for working on a streaming show." That's what they could have done all along, and the whole thing would have been like, done but, right yeah. then and there.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the aspects, uh, Paul, if you don't mind. Uh, the board uh, voted to accept the deal, eighty-six oh. percent approval, said Duncan Crabtree Ireland, and of course, um, all one hundred sixty thousand plus members of SAG will vote on the ratification uh beginning i believe this week uh but the ballots will be uh due early september so look out in the mail sag after members if you um are a member of sag you'll be voting on the new deal which obviously it's, it's the best the best and the, the 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 last and the final whatever the fucking <laughs> but, uh, I-, I was you know. actually wrong
5: about something you know those shows are actually starting production in the area i got an email for uh Mayor of Kingstown. So apparently they, they're they starting before the holiday, which I'm surprised
1: because that's Mayor Kingstown already starts. So some people aren't wasting any time. I mean, a lot of people have deadlines, you know.
5: I know, but I'm um, just, I just, but usually they like don't, I figured they wouldn't start till January. I mean, I figured because they're going to have well, to shut down.
1: Mm- well the, well, the thing about Mary Kingson I'm curious about is because, you know, their star underwent well, major they're surgery. Well, they're
5: asking for a stand-in, so I have a hunch some of that's going to be used. So,
1: so they're, they're using a lot of... Um,
5: I think they might uh, use a body double. Okay,
1: until until Jeremy's ready to be until back. Jeremy
5: I mean, he might be yeah, ready now. We, it's been 116 days, so he had time to heal up. Let's hope he's
1: like Wolverine. No, I some of that, I mean,
0: he broke you know? how many bones? For real. I mean, he's made yeah. an incredible come back most people will yes. probably still be in a cast um, that's he's true his, yeah. he listed actually every form of therapy that's accessible on oh, the yeah. planet because he oh, can yeah. afford it he's yeah. done and tried and and uh but still nature is as nature does and you know when you're no longer 20 you're, you're uh right. you don't heal the same way well but i feel that too
5: I, I run 10 10 miles a day and like i mean I feel to my knees every so often. And it's like, I didn't feel that before. So it's like, it just, it does catch
4: up to you. You're like, hold on. At six, eight, when you're running, are you doing like a block at a
5: time? But I mean, I'm not sprinting 10 miles because I'd be dead probably if I sprinted 10 miles. But I'm running just, uh, I'm just running at a decent pace. I mean, I mean, I, I could probably do, I'd say maybe like maybe a 17, 18, um, Minute miles, something like that. Okay. But I mean, I used to play football too. So it's like that. I'm just used to it. I mean, but you do feel it in your legs. I mean, I mean, the key is what you have to do is stay fully hydrated. You have to kind of stretch before you do anything and just uh, pace yourself. I mean, when you first start, I mean you're gonna have to like maybe even walk a mile or two. And then when you All get right. used to it, you, you start up then once it, once you're used to it, it's it's equal. It's easy to do. Yeah. Cold weather is not well, fun, but I mean you just bundle up when you
1: yeah. do cold weather. But let's get back to the SAG-AFTRA aspects here. So apparently so there's general wage have, hikes, which is good, 7% the first year, 4%, and an additional 4% in July of 2024, and 3.5% increase in 2025. And for the background rate, 11% increase, followed by 4% and then 3.5% of consecutive years after that. So that's um, positive. And as far as AI coverage will cover the consent and compensation if part of an actor's face or body is used in creating a synthetic performer via generative AI. So this is the protection that we need. You know, obviously, we don't want people to make I mean, money off our images, you know. going. Just
0: how, I got to ask you, how is that protection? It's still allowing them to use you. And once you sign that dotted line that says in perpetuity. Al, you know, we we're going to use you six days, but <laughs> we gotcha. So, um thanks for the work. And then the next three days, they can plug you in all throughout the movie. So you've lost I mean, three that... additional days of work. Yeah, you know what? It, it,
1: basically, you know the AI production. Okay, for uh, for what 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 I'm reading here, AI production includes generative artificial intelligence. Okay, digital replication of background actors. Okay. Um, uh, employment-based digital digital replica and independently created digital replicas. So, okay,
0: so listen to that first thing you said: original yes. duplication of background extras. Is that what um, you just I've said? done
1: that before?
5: But the thing they've done it—they've been doing this for years, like on Creed One and Creed Two for the crowd scenes. They pay you per day and it's the same day they just would put you in multiple spots in the thing and so i mean that's what i think it basically is and it's that's a i mean now if they're going to use but they pay you per day so they're not going to like i got paychecks for not even being there a couple times i can read the
1: details of what you asked about fuzzy the digital replication of background hours all right so it's crowd scenes uh, mainly well basically it's a okay so definition a a background actor digital replica is a digital version of the backgrounds Actor's voice likeness, okay,
2: Okay.
1: Uh, made with the actor physically present for scenes that they did not actually film. So, consent there must be notifications sent 48 hours in advance, okay, Um, to create a digital replica. There should be a clear and separate consent required for the use of the background actor's digital replica, okay. The replicas must not be used. To meet the background counts for the day. That's very important because, you know, you have to have a certain number of SAG background. Yeah, Yeah, that's... Um, Yep. Replicas will not be used to avoid the engagement of background actors. And then there's compensation. Time spent creating a digital replica counts as work time and is paid accordingly, right? If a background actor is called in just for replication, they get paid for a full day, okay? If a digital replica is used as a principal character, the actor gets paid a principal rate for the estimated days they would have worked. I think it's good protection, man. I don't know. I mean, who's going
0: to say, who's going to say how many days that is. They set how many days that is. So before you even know it, you see what I'm saying? It still leaves from a lawyer's perspective. You have to be, concise in language because they're always gonna find a loophole. But, but
5: but but they've but they've been having this for years because I mean I did CGI scans for fight scenes that didn't even get filmed that they didn't use but when I was working on the last switch hunter they had me uh, do all these CGI fights and they scanned me and everything so to clean up the fight. So if the fight like if something looked a little choppy they would use that representation to fix the fight but it didn't even get used and i still got paid so it's like every time they scan you and you have to get scanned you can't just be sitting there and they they can do it it's not it's not as easy as you think
0: i no, mean it's you gotta... not but there's a difference between cgi and artificial intelligence
2: correct yeah
0: there's a difference so in that respect they're just trying to clean up something you already did as yes. opposed to replacing you as a person so in the language of that it says if they use a person's voice first of all they're not going to use most voices for extras because once you speak then that's they don't have a whole different pay scale <laughs>
5: yes i don't want to do that so unless they have yes. to if they have they might have yeah.
0: to uh, but then yeah. now you're talking about a day player are you talking about you, you know what yeah. i mean it's i have a lot of
4: questions yeah and that's and, so my question comes in is like you know you have movies like creed you have things like where they you know replicate the crowd in different areas right um in a crowd i got paid today that weren't there because of because they did that so it's like yeah. it's right like they they but, scan
5: you on a set of features and they move you around okay
4: yeah, yeah so in a crowd setting you're cheering with a crowd so you're not a singular voice but yes. when it comes to ai and they scan you they're going to scan you record you and record your voice that takes you out of the crowd and moves you into a potential day player spot because they're going to direct you with lines unless you're just general cheering. So then when does that transition? Like that's the fine line of AI is because they now have you saying things and cheering things in the same way a featured extra would versus a background extra. And you're going to be directed in some form more than a crowd would. So where does that, where does AI creation of those background extras?
5: Well, I think if everybody's doing the same, same time i don't think it qualifies because i mean we, we were doing it on the outsiders uh we would do these chants and everybody would and some people would be off and it's like and they would have different things to say but as long as it's as a group i think that's how they get away with that i mean i don't oh, yeah. think it's right but but i think that's how they do because it's as like long the,
2: as it's a group the even if you role. think something different yeah, than
5: everybody else you're still mm. doing it as a group right, right. like i could I say mean, oh yeah and they could say yeah go rocky and then it'd be Still the same thing because it's the same group. So whether you're cheering something different, it's still considered group.
1: But let's see the, the tidbit ahead. on the residual income. So in both contracts, the extra residuals kick in when the equivalent of twenty percent or more of a streaming service's domestic describers watch a TV season or movie in the first ninety days. So if that happens, the actors' uh, union success bonus will double the fixed residual okay, above the WGA's 50% bonus. Uh, right,
5: but they couldn't release the exact number because if they released the exact number, as I said, certain shows would prove to be faulty and then I think it would kill certain streaming networks. And certain so they're, they're saying
1: it for, for for the... Yeah, so they, for, they're, they're,
5: they're saying, yes. So they're, they're doing a general thing and that's...
1: that's it, has that it has to meet that minimum. It has to meet that minimum. Yes. Yeah. So, of, of, of well, the streaming
0: sucks for us, I'm going to be honest. And, no, it and- does. It Definitely sucks. It well, I don't know. About I,
5: I, I could say that. There's two thoughts on that. Streaming sucks and it doesn't because it gives us extra opportunities. Like in Maryland, we would not have a TV show if it wasn't for streaming. Like we would not have Lioness. Lioness would not be a thing unless it was for a Paramount Network. So right now, Maryland would have nothing. So, so right now it does help because it allows more shows to be filmed. It does suck because it doesn't pay as well, but at least we have something because of
0: it. Well, no, some pay, but there are many that don't, and that's the problem. I will tell you that before this shit happened, I landed a really good role on a TV series that is carried by Amazon and Hulu. I forget what else. Now I'm at a point where I, I, now even though the strike is over, I still can't say anything because they said I couldn't say anything until the episode aired. I don't know when the episode is going to air. Now the new issue is that someone did something not very nice on another show.
2: Uh-uh. And
0: so that, that bad feedback, that that yeah. whatever you want to call it, that, that they've brought out upon themselves now affects the show that I was in. Yeah. So I don't even know if I'm going to come out. <laughs> but it's ironic that I work at an Amazon warehouse and I'm supposed to have a show that comes out on Amazon right, streaming. Guys. And I'd be curious to see would i make more working in the warehouse than the residuals i'm supposed to get oh my <laughs> and that's yeah, it.
1: I'm so sure that you you even even to think about I mean, that <laughs> conundrum yeah
4: so here's my question and this is where i i'm as somebody who runs an indie production company and yes you're absolutely right like residuals from an indie film is few and far between mainly because most indie films won't make their that's money back they in don't the make first profit Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it is hard. Like I have a lot of fellow director friends that are on their fourth That's or fifth why, movie, <laughs> you know, fourth or fifth movie, and they haven't even made production cost back, let alone their marketing or but film festival spending. How do yet. they
0: know they haven't? Cause you can't track it. I know for a fact this movie I was in made money. Um, well, no, that, no. no. That I I'm not saying that because, because not the budget was people. low right. and it got put on a number of platforms. Mm. And,
4: so so here's it's, the issue. Who distributed that product?
0: Yeah, that's well, the distribution.
4: The, the
5: distributor so, is the one that makes most money. Yep. So well is let's, it because let's go back. that was yes, my yes, question.
4: Absolutely. Because so what the, go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: I asked the union, I said, who do you go after? Do you go after the person that has the LLC? Do you uh-huh. go after the distributor who is handing these quarterly statements to the person of LLC, Uh who makes up that statement or is it the individual platforms? Because if your film went on Amazon, uh, uh, YouTube, Tubi, uh, Xbox, I mean, Apple TV, all these different freaking platforms and they all set their own rate.
4: right? So let's let's peel the curtain back a little bit because I'm in a, a unique position because I'm not only a producer, but we're actually rolling into being a distribution company. Okay. And the reason we're rolling into being a distribution company is I've got a lot of friends who, when they give their movies to larger or well-known distribution companies never see a paycheck. Their stuff's on Amazon, their stuff's on Netflix, their stuff's on Hulu, their stuff's getting on Tubi and all of these other places. And they're waiting years. And the answer they're getting over and over again is, well, per your agreement, we have to recoup our P&A, our prints and advertising back. We also have expenses of promoting this and selling this out. So all of those numbers are hidden from the filmmaker who's given over or sold their movie. That's
0: so suck-ass.
4: Right. So what ends up happening, unless you have a you're a big name, you know, I'm going to use a Maryland big name, Ed Sanchez. Right. Unless you're an Ed Sanchez, who's gotten Blair Witch, who's gotten television rights. You're Mm -hmm, not seeing money up front. You're not seeing any kind of uh, minimum guarantee. You're not you're an indie filmmaker. You've got the Kevin Smiths of the day who are going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Off of a thirty-seven million dollar flick, the paranormal. These are what these are literally uh, lightning yeah, strikes. They're they're lottery tickets. They're yes. They're impossible right the right to time. guarantee. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the lack of transparency. F- Here's the other issue, guys. The lack of transparency from streaming companies. The lack of trans- transparency from distribution houses. All of those things mean that an independent filmmaker like myself, if I sell my movie. I have no control over anything. I don't get to control how it's marketed. I don't get to control what streaming platforms it's on. I don't get to control anything. There are, I have filmmaker friends that say they sit on phone calls where they're being talked about in the third person between studios and agencies and all of these other people, and they get no say, let alone four or five years, no paycheck. So yes, it is very easy to say, well, the movie I worked in, it's on Amazon. You must be getting paid. Great. Unless it's somebody like our company who's going to put it on Amazon and we're going to be very transparent about like, here's what your quarterly statements look like every like 45 days or so. Mm-hmm. Most places aren't going to provide that, let alone their most distribution companies now who their sole purpose is, is we just put it on a platform. We don't market it. So right. stuff will get put up on Amazon. Stuff will get put up on Netflix. But with thousands of things going up on a daily basis, unless you have a core audience, it doesn't mean anything.
0: Well and also and the other thing is what each of them like Netflix I think keeps a huge chunk of oh, stuff absolutely. that they distribute yeah. and then Amazon went up again and it's like it, so, it, it's very disheartening as an independent yeah. filmmaker because what's the point the point so let's is
4: get, let's go ahead
0: you want you want you do want is be seen right but being seen is not the issue How many years are you gonna be seen and continue not to make a profit? Because if you don't make a profit, it's very hard to get people to invest in an independent film, unless they have a lot of money and you get like one name, like you said, or semi known people. So it's almost like, I feel like the streaming really has not helped us. Um, You know, If it's a question about being Um, able to get something on your demo reel, well, then, then you might as well go ahead and pay one of these places that sets you up with another actor, and they direct you to scene, and now you got something new for your demo reel.
4: Right. So here's what I would say is that if you're asking who to go after, if you're asking to go after the production company, the filmmaker, the distribution house, or agency, or whatever. Um, I don't know what your relationship with that filmmaker is or who, like how it's like if a production company hired a district uh, director and blah, 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 however that works, it's like, it's always different. Right. So what I would say is go to the people that hired you and say, okay, I agree. Like I got my day rate, which was great. Thank you so much. Can you give me some insight on where things are? Like has the distribution company provided you any numbers or anything? Like if you have a points on the back end deal, like that should guarantee you the ability to ask some questions and they should be able to say, uh, you know, full train, like sign an NDA, whatever you need them to do. Right. They should be able to say, look, uh, these are the reports I'm getting from uh, distribution company B, you know, we sold them. We, we went to the film festival distribution company B picked us up. Uh, Generally we should get everything, you know, every quarterly or six months, blah, 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 blah. This is, this is everything that we know. If they can't do that, then I would start asking some questions. It could be, they don't know to ask those things because they're a new filmmaker. It could be they're being unscrupulous and they're hiding information. It could be that their contracts with their uh, other investors are investors first in, you know? So sometimes you have this thing where it's like you have all these different Pieces of contracts that go into making a movie. Mm-hmm. So you have the tiers of like first ins or investors. After the investors paid, then the production company gets paid. When the production company gets paid, a percentage of that then goes to cast and crew and everybody else. Yeah, that. yeah. And if they haven't met those obligations, then like that's the waterfall of everything. Yeah. But if they're not getting communication from a distribution company, or they're not getting paid by the distribution company, that's a different story. Um, What I would like to see, and this is part of the the transparency that we're trying to create with my company, is that filmmakers are going to get paid from day one. We have a 50-50 split for anything we make. Yeah, 50-50 split from the first dollar we make until we cover our $10,000. Like when we do our marketing budget, our marketing budget is generally $10,000 for like a $50,000 or $100,000 movie. It's 10000 Social media today, if you have a good audience, if you have a good community, if the actors have good social media presence, you don't need to spend a lot of money for an ind- low-budget independent film. Mm-hmm. So once we cover that $10,000, and that's the $10,000 to pay for a theatrical, if they want to do theatrical, if that's to go to film festivals, if they want to do film festivals, if that's to go to right to streaming platforms, and we do social ads, once we cover that cap, then it goes 80-20 to the production company. And then we get 20, they get 80. And then that's perpetuity for as long as the film is making money. That's and that includes, that includes uh, physical DVD because we're going to be going to conventions. That includes physical DVD from Amazon and blah, 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 blah. But you also have the other factor of all of these different platforms. Uh, when you start adding distribution platforms, the pie gets smaller. So you have the pie amount of money that comes in. So I make money... Um, I sell to Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. I sell my VH or VHS. Jesus. My (laughs) my DVDs, man. You're old school. Uh yeah. You talked about VHS a lot. Hey, don't
1: knock VHS. At
0: least we used to get paid when it
4: was rented. (laughs) It's it what's crazy to me is like (laughs) this is an LP of a thing that was just on Disney Plus. Like VHS is coming back like they're all the old school stuff's coming back and that's I cool. love it because it means money yeah. um <laughs> so when I sell something on Amazon Amazon then takes a cut when Amazon takes a cut the pie gets smaller but right. so there's, also, a,
5: there's also also thing have, that I don't think a lot of people realize too that's involved that you have to do too because you have to close caption everything like I know for a fact to put on stuff on Amazon you actually have to physically write down every word everybody said to close caption and they won't do it yep. for you and you have to time it nope. perfectly if not they're not going to accept it so there's a lot of work and a lot of time that you're putting in too that you're not getting paid yeah. for There is yeah, software called, for that
4: oh, by the way well there there is but there's every platform has a different requirement yeah. every platform yeah. has different yeah. specs netflix's specs is not right. amazon's specs, it's not, specs. It's not right. Tubi specs then you have all the art that all that requires there's a lot of work that goes into mastering yeah. and distributing a movie which is how companies can say well this costs us a lot to do PA. here's what i'm gonna if you're an indie filmmaker and you're listening to this control the marketing piece control in your agreement with your distribution company control the marketing you're going to have to do a lot more work for free up front but mm-hmm. then the distribution company can't say well we have to take our prints and advertising first and that that's a blanket statement for we don't know how much money we're going to spend Mm. Um because that wow. number always I wonder shifts. if
0: that <laughs> was I don't know. It's
4: so but yeah. yeah, so uh that that's the behind the scenes of distribution. That's the behind the scenes that's of
1: very insightful rainmaker, all that and, other fun stuff that to hear from because you know three actors talking to an independent filmmaker and
5: well, my, well I'm also trying to do a show too. So it's like with me doing that, I mean I'm going through all the same stuff that he's talking about. I'm trying yeah. to yep all that stuff ahead of time to be ready yeah. for when it's ready to get
1: picked up so well well this is a good discussion guys but let, let's uh let's shift gears if we can let's talk about everything going on in the world Again. of entertainment of course uh I think two of the four of us saw a movie I was supposed to see but didn't see in time but we'll get to that movie everything going on in Hollywood so here we go okay it is time
3: for the Hollywood report that's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain.
1: It's the number one movie in America, but still considered the worst debut in MCU history. The Marvels earned 47 million um, over the weekend. Uh, initially it was targeted for 75 million. But sadly, those numbers, uh, they didn't get anywhere close to the numbers. But I know that Michael and Paul, Darth Wallace, watched the Marvels. So let's talk about this film. Okay, can I say one thing? It's
5: the number one movie in America because it's the only one that came out this week. So yes, <laughs> it is. One. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you. they are correct about that. So that is not a lie that Disney's putting out. They are because nothing else came out. But I mean, I... Now, if you want to, do you want to, when do you want to start the reviews? Let's talk. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Oh, hold we'll on. To the... I,
4: I, I need to back up and I think your, your numbers for opening weekend also need an asterisk because it is the oh. first Marvel movie to come out immediately days after the SAG after strikes. ends. this is true. So There this has not true. been the traditional Marvel blitz promotion of promotion. So right. this is, this is what Marvel can do cold with just trailers. So, like, let's put that into perspective. Yeah. Marvel, Good Cole point. Good point. Just trailers, they got half of their budget back at opening weekend.
5: But I, I've seen trailers for a good year for this movie. So, I mean, that's that's been promoted that they promoted the crap out of it for over a year.
3: And so, with I mean, I've been trailers.
5: like every movie I see, there's a there's a Marvel's trailer inside of it. I mean, I I've been because since SAG strike, I get free movies, so I take well, advantage of that once a week and I check well, stuff out.
1: Well, now the cast can promote the film, so of course it's going to be in theaters for a little while, so let's see if if it does even better with some more promotion, but uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the film. Um, Now, of course, uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, I think it was like, what, 61%, but the audiences thought 84% uh, liked the film. Um, It's definitely the shortest Marvel film. Didn't Didn't Um, go over the two-hour mark, so do you want my my honesty? Yes. thing is Let, let's start okay. with Paul, the controversial okay, Paul. I mean, it is <laughs>
5: really work and i i don't think we're the people they marketed it to either i think it's i think they were trying to do a, in my opinion it seemed like it was a not to be sexist at all but i <laughs> think it was a marvel movie made for women i mean okay. you have cats in it you have a musical in the middle of the movie and it's i i just think it was then you have kittens at the end so it's like yes i think it was made for women i don't think it was made for the average man that likes marvel i think comic book and i, and, and I think that's the one thing that's going to hurt it because i don't think like the average guy is not going to go watch that i mean and it's just but and it was still mcu point.
1: it's still MCU yeah, Paul, I, I think, I think, think the other
5: drawback was i think they went with the director to try to make it a little bit more woke than it should have been and i there think the other,
1: and, and uh, her.
5: But here, here's the thing with her, though. I mean, she only had one film under her belt before she got that big Marvel thing and I Okay. And I just don't think she was ready to do it. It was like just 20 of that times. I mean, it, I mean, I think it should have been longer, but they might have cut a lot out just because it just seemed like it was
1: all yeah. just kind of all <laughs> her stuff, All that woke stuff that you're referring to, aside, how was the film? I mean, I would probably give it, for Marvel movies...
5: It's probably around the range, maybe Eternals. a little okay. better, but but it just, as I said, it was really just disjointed on um, the story. I mean, Kamala Khan was probably the star of the movie. I mean, I know Brei Larson fair. was supposed to be, but she just kind of just came off as being like just <laughs> evil almost the entire movie. Many, she just
1: how many Sith lightsabers out of ten? Sith lightsabers would you get? I would them? say like maybe a two or a three. I mean three as I said, it was just really out of 10 three lights. Like, three Sith sabers out of 10 uh for Paul and that's Wall.
5: not and that, that's not the that's not the Darth mall's double savers either that's the single
4: sabers.
1: okay and then let's let's hear a different opinion let's talk to the rainmaker your your thoughts overall on the Marvels
4: uh look I'm sitting in a Marvel chair I'm gonna be very biased I mean right behind me is enough marvel i got a figure if stanley so i i don't necessarily I do too, but i mean Church i have to say that, i
5: don't that's just i just don't like the the, the tone of the
4: way the film chart. okay hold
1: on let's hear let's hear I, and know. i'm
4: okay with that i am uh for me this movie was just fun it's what it honestly after everything else that has kind of come out and especially the tone of loki like it, right. it was just fun it is it reminded me of a fun 90s movie where you didn't need serious major subplots and every character didn't have some yep. deep angst like if anybody loved the Marvel uh, Miss Marvel TV show on Disney Plus like this is a direct sequel to that more well, than... as I
5: said, Kamala Khan was great the rest of them just kind oh, of oh, yeah.
4: yeah so like this literally picks up right after the ending of Miss Marvel the Disney Plus show So like Mm, tonally, if you look at both of those together, this is a good movie in that comparison. If you compare it to the other Captain Marvel movie, which did well fit. Yeah. Um I it is the first movie directed by a black woman in Marvel. I think that's amazing. I didn't really, you know, I have to disagree on like I don't think if you would have told me this was directed by somebody who's directing their first major movie, not an indie film, right? You could have fooled me. in in all honesty but it was it was a by the books like the bad guy has a mission the mission is to do something that hurts the good guy the good guy has to build a team that they don't want to solve a problem that is the whole plot of the movie wrapped around these three characters getting to know each other and you know Amand is perfect as Miss Marvel Uh, I think the Monica Rambeau character got the, the second best spotlight in all of that. Yep. Cause she had a Gianna little bit Paris. of character arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brie Larson kind of had to play straight woman to Amon Valani through the entire movie, which was like why her character felt maybe a little bit flat in comparison to the rest. Um, It was in my opinion, better than uh, Eternals. It was better than Ant-Man 2. A little bit better than Rag Ragnar- or Thor: Love and Thunder.
1: Ooh, uh, okay. Ooh, that's and the
4: two, movie. the two mid-credit scenes absolutely set up let's everything we've been it. hoping for.
1: Let's talk one about the, those. The really good.
4: I, I think that one's setting something up that's going to be decent. But yeah.
1: Well, let's let's talk about the the first one. Uh, are you alluding to? Because um, I haven't seen the film. I know that the Monica Rambeau's character she goes somewhere where we don't we don't know where she's going to be.
4: So that's and the then, second one.
1: That's the second. One. Okay, remind yes. me of the first one.
4: Are we going to go spoilers here? Are we? Allowed? Yeah, we, we can need go give spoilers. A
1: spoiler warning. We we can the go spoilers. We can go spoilers because oh, people are going to hate that. you, Al. No, well, you know what? The movie's already been out. It, it wasn't. It was a worldwide <laughs> release or nationwide release. It wasn't. A it sneaky... just came out. It's, it's a... okay. It's okay. All right, and so... remember, not a lot of people watched now.
4: <laughs> I I, I I'm would okay. say. What, when is this coming out, Al? When's this episode?
1: Uh, this will probably be out like next month. So people have seen it already. Oh,
4: yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah by yeah, the bye. time it this comes out, next out month we're fine. great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, so there's two. The the first one is a callback, uh, to the very first end credit scene in, in Iron Man. Um, yes. and sets up Young Avengers. Yes. And the second one, uh, firmly establishes the Fox X-Men universe as yes. part of canon.
1: Let, let's, let's talk about the first one. Okay, so I have it, I have actually here in here my notes. We see Haley Steinfeld returning as Kate Bishop. And as you know, um Jeremy Renner's passing the torch or so say the sure. Bowen Hour, passing yep. the Bowen Hour down to uh Kate Bishop. And of course this is a scene in New York City and apparently she runs into kamala khan and
2: so the uh, this the,
4: the setup is that kate bishop is coming home she tosses pizza dog a slice of pizza so we all get that like pizza dog moment and yes. then sitting in the shadows like nick fury is kamala khan in a black hoodie yes and she just fangirls the lines about like you're part of a bigger universe and yada 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 and i want to basically i want to you're not the only young avenger and i want to set up mm-hmm. A team I'm putting together a team, and that's that's pretty much it. But like, you're watching yes. Kamala, you're watching a fangirl try to like pretend to be Nick Fury, yeah.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> and then of course, um, uh, Catherine Newton's Cassie Lang also, um, obviously will yeah, be a she, part of this young Avengers group. She as mentions
4: well. she asks if uh, she knows that Ant Man's daughter or Ant Man has a daughter,
1: exactly. So those will probably, I guess that's really introducing the first three members of young Avengers, isn't it?
4: Okay, uh, they Force introduced four. Hawks. They introduced Hawk's son at the end of she Oh,
1: there you go. Okay. Hawk's son. That's right. There you go.
0: My question is who's, who, who are the writers on this now? Because i have just, maybe it's me, but since Stan Lee is gone, the way that the things are evolving, um, it's just not the same.
2: You're I mean, right about that. I mean, I, I mean, think I what did happened fall
0: is- in love with certain set actors as certain characters, and they've been like retiring and this and that and dying mm-hmm. and all that. But yeah. there's just some, there was just some unique balance that Stanley would find between the serious well. and those comic moments in life at the darkest times, and then the different. Personalities and how ha- I, I just missed well, that. He had final that's...
5: say on what went through and what didn't go through. And that's you did have nailed so. the head on about that because, like, you had the director of the TV show, uh, The Secret Wars, saying, I don't care what the fans like. I'm doing it my way. If they don't like it, they don't have to watch. That's exactly what they said. And it's like, right. that's not what the, you can't do that to the fan base. So you have a loyal fan base that, that would be pissed off if you keep doing that kind of stuff.
2: Right.
4: So up until Infinity Wars, Endgame, end It was kind of, they kind of had an idea of where they wanted it to go, Mm -hmm. but they really let the filmmaker kind of come in and say, okay, you want me to have this type of a moment. I want to build a story around this. Mm -hmm. So like when I saw the Russos at Smod Castle, they started, told the story of how they pitched uh, Winter Soldier, how they pitched having all the characters in Civil War, you know, laying out uh, infinity war and Endgame back to back and how that was going to work and who's coming in uh, even to the point that like in civil war they didn't know if they were going to get to keep spider-man until three weeks before the end like edit because sony was kind of pulling it mm-hmm.
0: um oh that's crazy. kind of i love that he came back
4: so what kind of happened is after Endgame, i think disney went we can make money by putting more out and it became quantity, and Iger recently just said this. It became yes. quantity quantity over, over quality. quality.
0: Over quality. <laughs> there you
4: go. So instead of doing three movie, two to three movies a year and giving us something to look forward to and getting it, like it was bam, bam, bam. And they're gonna now be scaling that back. Cookie so we're gonna heard. start. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
1: so and we'll get into that because uh from what I'm being told, only one Marvel movie, MCU movie, Marvel movie next year in 2024.
4: And that's but that's an- largely the strikes, but yeah.
1: Yes. But due to the strikes, yes. But to answer the question, does the the director Nia de casa also wrote the script along with Megan McDowell and Alyssa karasik And yes, Paul, your 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 argument about it, it's it's a, a superhero movie for women it, it it's it's a it's a it's a good valid point because sure. it's written, directed by women. And the three leads are women. So and as of, a- I, mean, I mean, like the fangirls are probably gonna like it, but the guys, it's like eh, so so it's like it's just
5: there. It's it's okay. it's part of the universe, but it's just kind of there.
4: So here's well, here's my question.
5: Woman,
0: as ahead. a woman, I don't mind I didn't I don't feel that you have to make it a woman movie right. by putting a woman hero in it. That makes us part of it. That makes us equal to yeah. the male heroes.
2: Well, they also put when a musical in the middle too. the your objective
0: is to make it all female. I also feel it loses some of the dynamics because I like the testosterone mixed in there. I like okay. the women and the guys fighting side by side, and which, they which don't fight is. the same way, but they fight equally well. Do you know what I mean?
1: There is and some I feel aspects, like right, I would Mike? Miss that. For you, not that's my. Much movie. There is some yeah, aspects yeah.
2: of.
5: The, the only guys that fight, for the most part, are just like the, just like the, the henchmen. That's it. There, yeah, there's I no mean, guys there. Just the henchmen are the only guys that fight.
4: Yeah, you're you're having a lot of henchmen fight. I mean, if maybe Nick have, Fury shot a guy. And I think that was it. But I mean, Nick Fury did shoot a guy. But that's pretty much the extent of the guys fighting. In the movie. And and to be fair, like I understand the balance of it because then you have like of the current story, um, because otherwise you have three women fighting up a guy you know and or a guy versus three women and then you have people talking about misogyny the 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 fact that these were women were not part of the overarching story like in reality if it could have been uh spider toby uh spider-man with iron man and another marvel character who are all connected like the same it could have been the same story you know, I don't wasn't... think so. I don't
5: think they would have a musical number in the middle of the movie. Well, here's they, the they... thing about the musical number: <laughs> you're not so a like... musical
0: kind of guy, are you? <laughs> I
5: know. you can complaining you know, the, the sad thing is, I am. I'm actually a musician, so it's like I actually was a lead singer in my own band for a while. So yeah, I'm probably, but I mean, it's just just like it was okay. done for the female audience. Guys, as I said, it's not like I mean, it's like guys go to watch romantic comedies with their girlfriends. Like, just like their girlfriends aren't just gonna watch a random Marvel movie. So they, they the audience just isn't there for that type of movie. Okay. There is an audience for it, but the audience isn't there for that a movie of that kind of money. Okay. If that makes sense. So, like uh, if that so movie was good...
4: here, here's Comic Nerd coming out. The planet that they went to in the Marvel <laughs> universe.
5: Well, I know they have planet... obscure things for oh, everything I'm... in the comics. Okay, hang a, on, Paul. Is
4: a planet who speaks exclusively in rhyme. So it was meant to be sing song. uh, The whole planet was meant to be sing songy to begin with. (laughs) The way that they used that scene was to completely humanize the Captain Marvel character in the eyes of Kamala Khan, who up until that point had been like fangirl worshiping her. And they took the Captain Marvel character down several pegs to the point that you're watching Kamala. Like, they all start joking with each other as friends because they now have something to tease Captain Marvel about. And then it's like less than five minutes of the movie. Like, there is a.
5: But also, if you watch the whole movie, the whole movie takes Captain Marvel down
4: a lot of pegs
5: because the whole movie would not exist if it wasn't for Captain Marvel's what she did. I mean, I'm not going to ruin it for people
4: because, I mean, by then they're...
1: We're already talking about the film, but I do want to get to the second
4: post-credits So let's get to the second post-credits. Yes,
1: please. Go ahead, Uh, Mike. You want want to take this one?
4: Sure. Uh, So the end of the movie you have uh, Monica Rambeau who gets sent to another universe. And when she wakes up, she wakes up seeing what she thinks is her mom, uh, but it's not. It is a variant, it's the, it's a variant another universe. It's AI. (laughs) It's AI. Uh, uh, It's the uh, other universe's version of Captain Marvel, who happens to be her mom. Kind of like it's a callback to uh, Stephen, the last Stephen Strange movie, where she was Captain Marvel. It's not the same character, because that character is dead, but uh, she wakes up and then Hank McCoy beast from the X-Men is yes! there, kind of take being yes! the doctor that takes character of her. And it's Kelsey Grammer beast. Uh, and oh, then when cool. they, so then
1: the
4: same voice they,
1: from the last stand and X-Men. And Lazy then Future when Past. they,
4: when they pan out, you get to see the door to Cerebro with the big X on the front of it, on the other side of the hallway. So yes. the X-Men Fox universe, at least variants of that are firmly now fixed in the Marvel universe as a parallel world. I love world. it. I love
1: it. This is oh, actually to have. This. Would they will be in there yet. Because
4: you figure Deadpool has uh,
5: Hugh Jackman in it, so it's well, like that's the thing.
1: Movie. You needed this. You needed this post-credit scene to introduce. Boom! You're going to get all this Fox Marvel, you know. Expose. So you're Yeah, it. you got exactly. and
4: what's you
5: and then Doctor Strange, right?
4: Yeah, but he was the cartoon version of Professor Xavier. Yeah. The one in the comics, in the movie, the Fox movies never rode the yellow wheelchair with the green suit.
1: Oh, okay. This is a good way to to introduce mutant. Of course, one would argue Kamala Khan is right. a mutant and she's the first mutant, but this is a known X-Men, a known mutant in Hack McCoy. And this just solidifies the Fox MCU union. And Yeah, that's right. That, that is... That's right. That is and the, then the
4: first official appearance of an X-Men in the, the Marvel Universe.
1: Yep. And then, of course, we're going to see it in Deadpool 3 with Wolverine and I'm sure countless other of your favorite X-Men characters in uh, the Deadpool 3 movie as well. So,
4: And Deadpool 3 is allegedly Deadpool kills the Fox unit Marvel Universe.
1: Yes, that's right. So Deadpool will be the only MCU release in 2024, and of course that had to do with the writers and the actors strike because they're pretty much almost done. Deadpool, they just well, well I
5: was ready to work on Blade. I mean, I, I don't want to be, a, I don't know if I'm going to work on camera on it, but I mean, I know I'm going to be working with people on stuff. I haven't yeah. what it is yet, but I mean, it's like that was supposed to film, but that script was awful.
2: Yeah.
1: That was
5: that's really that's bad. another
1: example uh, is the blade. So, movie, I mean, it was now... a script
5: that had to be ready re read. I mean, it was like, I think when it comes out, I think because, uh, so, Herschel Ellie's, uh, really involved with the script. And I think yes. he's a fan and he's going to well, help do... wreck the issues that I had before.
1: Well, then the new release date for blade is November 7th, 2025. So that's yes. going to be, but so it's 3... going to film next year. Probably Deadpool three will be released now july 26th 2024 that's the new release date. It keeps you know being pushed back um so that's the only film i think we're gonna get madam webb at the end of 2024 i believe uh, oh, that's, but that's sony, of course yeah. they're, 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 that's sony they're, they're, they're... exactly that's sony marvel and i think See, i don't like the <laughs>
5: it's like i don't mind madam web Here we go. We Here hear... we go. okay it's for sony just do Miles Morales, add Madam Webb into the Miles Morales story. There, you got your You'll make more money that way. And instead of having
1: all these obscure characters, now hold on. Now. You have Dakota Johnson, who has already proven a box office smash, and she's amazing. You I have know. Sydney Sweeney, the like literally the it girl of Hollywood right now in a supporting role. Um, I believe she's playing um, Spider Woman. I'm not sure. She's, def- she's definitely playing one of the or Spider-Girl when it one of the
5: but, but I still think you do need a Spider-Man in there just to, not not to be misogynistic but like a, I think Miles Morales should be maybe the Sony's version uh, you of are
1: you are truly a Sith. We got a splash of evil here on BTV that's really not really like evil. I mean uh, I know, no. We need we need we uh, the controversies is okay. Uh, so
4: here's here's where I think my opinion on what Sony should be doing right now is Sony okay. should just give the characters back to Marvel yes. and say they
5: never hey gonna yes. do this. There's too much money involved. No, no, no. They make so much money off of hold it. Hold on, hold on. Let my goodness,
4: please. Every time that they put it, with the exception of like the first Venom movie, every time they try to do a new Spider Verse anything, with the exception of the animated Into the Spider Verse, like okay. it, it is panned. It's bombed. Like Morbius was bad. Venom 2 was not as great as the first movie. Like okay. I think Sony would be better off going, hey, you guys keep let's just keep this Spider-Man deal like we have with uh Tom Holland Tom and Holland, you guys make yeah. the movie and you give us paychecks every time you use the characters until our checks run out. And then That's we don't get paid do. for making a bad movie. We still get money off the royalties of it. You guys can keep, you know, controlling the universe as well as you possibly yeah. can. Like, Plus, I like
1: I, I like I like having my all my Marvel characters under one you know universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, 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 I wouldn't mind. Like
5: like, there's rumors also Andrew Garfield might come back. It's like I wouldn't mind that Andrew Garfield just another universe okay. Well,
4: they have mm-hmm. to try to figure out which Spider-Man is going to be part of this Venom Morbius universe now. Well, no. that's why is I said it,
5: if you throw Miles Morales and right now Miles Morales could be like the wild card where he could fit into yeah. all the universes and not even have to worry about it. You know what I mean? So that that, that would solve the problem until they make their decision for the final thing.
4: uh, If you believe the actor who is the voice of Miles Morales, the third movie will see him as a live action Miles Morales for at least a portion of the movie. Okay. So that might be the way to bring Miles in.
1: That would be a good way. And then, of course, two more other Marvel movies uh, slated to be released. And one is Captain America. New World Order, which shot some scenes in D.C., and that now, oh, yeah, I'm sure you did some work on were No, on no, no, no,
5: no, I didn't do any work on it. But <laughs> I okay. did hear it is delayed for a reason. And did you hear what the reason is? This is kind oh, of controversial,
1: I guess. Okay, Here, he's he's a can kind of controversy. Go ahead. There's a
5: character called Sabra. Who like apparently like because of the thing in Israel going on right now, uh, she's like a Jewish superhero and she has a Star of David on the chest. They're, they're like, eh, it's probably not a good idea to put this out right away. So they push it back for a couple of years because of that. So they might take her out because the controversy between Israel and Palestine and all that.
1: Well, if if, if the release date now for February fourteenth, twenty twenty five is any indication, yeah, that's when that's the new release date for Captain America and New World okay. Order. So if that no, plays I plays into your even further than that. You might want to if check it, into that. If it plays into your conspiracy theory, there you go. And then it just no, it's announced not, it's
4: not a. It's a legitimate theory. Like she was, she's uh, that's true. she's okay. slated. They've already cast the character, and she's right. you know, the Israeli superhero. So right. they may have to look at how they rework it. And it's not the okay. first time Marvel's done that. Like yeah. there was a Twin Tower scene in the last Tobey Maguire movie.
2: I and, saw the previews. Oh, and, they, and, uh,
4: they, and, uh, like the helicopter
5: threw up and got caught in between it.
4: I mean, yeah. I, I in, saw like that scene was in a couple of the trailers for a little while yep. before 9/11 and then mm-hmm. it got pulled. And then it got So pulled. they may they may rework the character, they may leave her in and make her like a smaller character. Interesting. Like, don't know the plot, but yeah, the, the actress okay. has been cast, it's confirmed. Okay. Yeah. For all or
5: 90% of suicide squad where you saw everything in the trailer that never showed up in the movie. Right. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then guys you have The Thunderbolts movie with Florence Pugh, Sebastian Stan. That will now be released July of 2025. So a lot of things been uh, shifted around um you know in the Marvel slate, but um no surprise for the rest of the top 5 um film-wise and that's Five Nights at Freddy's. Second place movie with 9 million. So you go to 40 some million for but you know the what? Marvels and then Five Nights at Freddy's 9 million. There? What was the budget on Five Nights at Freddy's compared to the
5: Marvels? Oh, God, I'm sure it was like a fraction. And, and not only that, 20 million. Five Nights at Freddy's streamed the same exact time as it was released in theaters, and it's still making money. But, I mean, I'm sure it's made more of a profit than the Marvels has made. Well, $215 million worldwide so far. Yes, and as I said, it streamed that's the same exact paid and it was released in theaters. Yeah. And then you but have Taylor Swift, The Heiress
1: Tour. Aris tour 5.9 million in its fifth week out of release can you believe it Priscilla oh. uh fourth with 4.79 million and then um Killers of the flower moon rounds up the top five with um 4.6 million so, so, so do
5: not know I, how much money I, she makes for the Kansas City Chiefs right now
4: <laughs> a lot <laughs> I'm so, sure uh, everybody's never
5: probably buying Kansas City Chiefs jerseys because Taylor
4: Swift is there this is true So here's a question that I have for you guys. And this is, I I would love all of your feedback. We're dunking on a lot of people, not weird. A lot of people are dunking on Miss Marvel for only making 111. uh, It's opening weekend, right? Is it 111 now? It's 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 111 worldwide. Worldwide, Worldwide, globally. So we're, we're dunking on that for doing that in the first weekend. And that had like a 200, $200 million budget. It's a Marvel movie. Scorsese's *Killer of the Flower Moon* has only done 137 million worldwide. Has been out for a month longer. know, equal budget. Nobody's dunking on Scorsese, saying Scorsese's movies are Uh, dead. But but, but
5: Scorsese's movie was made for um, streaming services, and it's only it was only in limited theaters when it came out. So it's not. It's It's not still in theaters. Still in theaters, but it's not a worldwide thing too. Because uh, I'll be honest with you. China's pretty racist. China is like, we don't want anything to do with Native Americans or people of any ethnicity other than us. So it's not in China. I mean, so well, here, here's, here's where Marvel it is. It's uh, 60, 000,
4: or 60 million U.S., which makes up 43.9% yes. of its gross. 77.2 million worldwide, 56% of its gross. And that's since October 20th. But that's
5: not counting China because China's a huge market and China's not watching it at all. So that's a zero for China. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. And also, as I said, I, I didn't like, I mean, I thought the movie was okay. i read the book. It's a little, it could have been done better. I personally, what do you mean, then, what do you, like, you read Niro, the book? I, he, he was, I'd like, oh, just, the controllers of the, they're doing the book. I yes, yes. They came up that. from the book. Yeah. Um But Robert De Niro came off as very flat. I mean, he reminded me of London Johnson. He just was like so. He had no emotion whatsoever. It just his performance was awful. I mean, I, uh, I liked DiCaprio? DiCaprio showed emotion different ways. I mean,
1: oh, and it's phenomenal.
5: one of those stories like does. it's because it's historical. It's not like a blockbuster. It wasn't made to be a blockbuster. Okay. Well,
1: I'll throw in my opinion and, for, yeah. for for that. Why why they're dunking on it has to do with the fact that they they're so. Everyone was so quick to jump at the lowest rated Marvel movie ever, you know, uh, or lowest uh, earning, you know, since uh, what, yeah. the Incredible Hulk, Edward Norton's version. Uh, no, uh... Did that
2: Incredible
1: Hulk do that, Pat? I think that the, the Incredible Hulk, um, the Edward Norton um, solo effort. Okay. Was the, yeah, I thought what you called that. I thought it was was uh, the previous low one. Six, nine, so that, that's why. Um, Obviously, with $111 million globally, it's going to make it, you know, it's going to make um. Definitely it's production uh, money back for sure. But obviously to become a hit, what, what is the, what is it basically? You have to triple, triple your budget for, for, is that kind of like the standard triple yes, your budget four
4: times, four times, Yeah,
1: four, four times, quadruple your budget. Right. And that's considered a hit film. Okay. It, it could be very well on its way, but yeah, I mean, I think people are so quick to react only because it is a tentpole movie. It's in a, it's in that superhero genre. So you're going, yeah, but I just to... didn't think it was
5: that good. As I said, it was like, it yeah. was not like disjointed. I mean, yeah, maybe if they did more world building and maybe it should have been, I hate to say it, maybe it should have been a two-parter and maybe built out a little bit more. So you, it was just okay. like, we're here, we're here, we're here. And then it just kind of was like, that was it. It was just, there was too disjointed. It was like, they must've cut too much out. It just, the story wasn't that good. The story would have been, it would have been a better TV show than would have been a movie. And it seemed fun. like a, yeah, it look, seemed I, like a, it seemed like a streaming show. That's what it seemed like to me. Look, I and agree. I think you he really was right. He maybe was maybe that. if it was right after Miss Marvel on the streaming service, it probably would have got better praise. But I don't think it should have been a major motion picture release.
0: But it you know, sometimes there. sometimes there is a, a certain formula that Stanley had, and yeah. sometimes when you mess with that formula, which is proven to be perfect up until that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you either get disenchanted fans because the movie may miss the mark or the fans come because of a particular actor, but then you get disenchanted actors. And I I noticed that that's what happened with Thor Mm -hmm. after a while, they changed him. And Stan Lee did have that one point where you could see the vulnerable parts of the characters and they went through depressions. Right. Thor went through alcoholism. He had a big gut, you know, all yep. this stuff. But he worked in his his way back. But then they started to turn him into He became
5: this, the Minbo.
0: A goofy character. Yeah, he right. became the Minbo. <laughs> yeah. He became and, the and character the from uh,
5: That Ghostbusters maybe with all the women. That's the character he became.
0: Yeah, oh boy, and, here and we go. he did not like that. He's, he no. actually said. He, he was going to quit. He the said the next one was, gonna was going to be actually good. And he was actually pondering whether or not he would return as Thor.
4: Yeah, Uh, if you really, if you look at each of the Thor movies, like tonally, they're all completely different from each other.
2: Yeah, right.
4: And the character itself, like you're absolutely right. He went from being this like you could see him being a good hero at the end of the first Thor movie, like Mm -hmm. Dark World. I don't even know what that was, but then he. (laughs) Slowly started to turn into like the dude from Big Lebowski, yep. with God like film
1: by Ra- Ra- by the third film. Ragnar- yeah. Yeah, yeah Ragnarok, yeah. But um, let's throw out a couple more movie things um, before we take a classic cut break. How about Desi, Rustin? I, I, Desi, are you are you hanging out with us for a little bit? Yeah, I want I want to hear like what you to you say hear. about Rustin. Okay, good. Rustin good. is coming out. Yeah, I was gonna get that to Netflix, but just a couple more movie things, really quick. Um, So the next big blockbuster in the theaters is Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So far, 67% of Rotten Tomatoes. And I'll just read one review from the wrap. So basically they're saying that the new film packs so much narrative and plot, and it, it shifts within its runtime that once it concludes, it gives the viewer the feeling that they've just seen three half-finished films of endless miso- endless mythologies and fan-servicing nods to the original trilogy. Half-finished films. Three half-finished films is what they're, they're kind that, of that's kind of
5: That kind of explains um, Marvels. Marvels is like that, too. As I said, it's stuff
0: <laughs> Well, that's not yeah. good. <laughs> no, I
5: mean, as I, I said, it feel I think that's. I think that's why they took it down. But I mean, yeah. I think it was just the, the the tone. It was like we're on this planet. We're on this planet. We're on
1: this planet. We have this story. Yeah. This
5: story. This story. And it just they just gloss over everything. It's
1: okay. like, well, they also added this film is immersive and entertaining in its earlier chapters when it leans into the growing closeness between the unruly and vividly dressed tribute and her kindly mentor as they plant the early seeds of the kind of showy hunger games we came to expect in the series original installments. Okay. So if you're giving some, uh, the audience something familiar, that is a good thing, but, um, the description of it, you know, being like three yeah. half finished films, it sounds like it's like, you know, almost like yeah. an anthology of, of, or, or just three different story arcs coming together. So I don't know. Um, I look forward to seeing the film. I was, I, I was a, Big Hunger Games fan when when the the films were released. No, no, do you saw, think that
5: box office is going to suffer because of uh, Rachel Zegler? Because I mean, apparently a lot of people are pissed off at her because her comments to people. Well, I, mean, I
1: think I, I think that's a little just uh, she's, she's almost becoming like the female Ezra Miller well, or, or Brie Larson people. I think that's a little harsh and a little uh, stretched, quite frankly. I, and you know, we haven't even seen uh, Snow White. Uh, no, no, so. but I mean. But so we'll you can have to see. clearly see what they did. They took
5: they CGI dwarves over top of real people because people complained about the real people that just looked so out of place. I mean, well, you can see like there's these big blobby door, uh, dwarves, which probably wouldn't look like that, but they were clearly covering something up. So I think they're redoing it with all these CGI dwarves over top of people to be like, hey, we didn't have all these random people. We had dwarves the whole time. It's like, no.
1: If if Disney wants to, uh, Disney's just make course a... correcting on their hold mistake. On, that's on. Not if, they, out, I... if they want okay. to make an official statement, but but Darth Paul, it could have been what they intended all along, and what you saw in those photos. Or stand-ins because you do have to have standards of the same, yes. Height. I'm
5: well aware of that, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's, okay. I think they cgi these dwarves are top of the people
1: to kind of, of Rain, course, Rainmaker. Them them. Rainmaker, you're the 4 uh, you're the voice of reason. Do you think they originally, oh, yeah, do you think they originally, um, shot Snow White with the seven magical creatures as humans of different sizes and ethnicities, or did they always originally? Now, what we saw in production stills uh, uh, appearing as, like, you know, mythical creatures.
4: So. I don't know, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, and here's why. Um, If they were just stand ins. They wouldn't have gone through like they would have Michael Bay this like with the Ninja Turtles where you had the actual people there yep. in their CGI costumes with the dots all over them. Right. With the fake shell. right? The the still that uh, Darth Paul's talking about, they actually have like production stills of all the characters lined up front to back. Now, they actually have Martin Kleba, who is like an actual small person who was in Pirates of the Caribbean
2: yeah. as
4: right. one they've gotten crap from Peter Dinklage by act- not actually using, you know, dwarves through, no, it's uh, as the same characters. It's,
5: it's opposite. Peter Dinklage complained that they that it was wrong for them to use dwarves, and that's why the dwarves did get hired. Oh, I thought he was so not, because they so used Dwarves. So like he's the one who got them all canceled, people. more or less. Because uh, the guy who played, uh, uh, what's his name, Hornswoggle in wrestling, he got pissed off because he was like, hey, you're taking jobs from us because uh, you're a big name
4: and we're not. This would have been right. a great job for us. So I I think if I think Darth Paul might be a little bit right, because if you look at the image of this, the CGI characters now, Mm -hmm. they look closer to the animated characters. So I think Disney went, we're getting a lot of flack because of her bringing attention to the fact that she's not Caucasian. We're bringing a lot of flack because we didn't actually use dwarves because it's seven dwarves, you know, so we're now going to pivot a little bit and it's going to be cgi like we're going to cg correct this with cgi yeah um, okay because they didn't even do the lord of the rings thing like in in lord of the rings when they did uh the hobbit and they had all the the yeah,
5: um, yeah the faces on the smaller the people and that
4: yeah, yeah, well, no, they had like life-size actors, but they shrunk. They used like yeah, yeah, shrunk the faces,
5: and yeah, yes, um, yes.
4: They didn't even do that with the the people they hired. So I'm I'm curious if they s- scrapped everything they did before, and like reshot it with people in in suits to do. See, I have at this point, I this is a movie I have no idea of what's going on. <laughs> I think. I, I don't
1: think Disney are <laughs> It's good to hear both both sides of the coin there for sure. And uh oh, well, let's move on. Um, now you know I'm a fan of the Terrifier franchise. I have to admit, you know, the the good old just blood and guts, old school practical effects sometimes does it for me, makes the film scarier. They just released the first trailer for Terrifier 3, and Art the Clown is now celebrating Christmas in the opening um I guess the opening trailer and which I'm guessing a lot of Hollywood turned their backs on Terrifier because it it was kind of implied in the trailer that Art the Clown killed the little kid. Um so I can see, you know, where some people were up in arms about that, but at the end of the day, it is a horror movie and uh typically they kind of stray away from you know, violence against children and and except in the seventies.
5: In the seventies, that was like just the thing they did in the seventies horror okay. movies.
1: Okay. Okay. In the seventies,
5: so like, I mean, if it's if it's not to the seventies
1: horror movies,
2: yeah, that happened yeah. a
1: lot, unfortunately. I, have you seen the trailer? Have have you seen the, the Terrifier three trailer? Do you, do you... Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see, I can see where some people could be up in arms, you know why did it have to be a kid? Why couldn't it just be an adult? You know, but
0: well, I tell you it's, it's one of those things you just don't do it. It messes up anybody's psyche. Like I still am just in shock years and years and years ago when they had star Wars where all the little kids, the future Jedi's <laughs> were, murdered. Oh, we're,
1: were slaughtered in the, the prequels. Yes. And the I younglings. was
2: like, oh.
0: Look I at know all those
4: children they slaughtered. That's a thing I know no, no, in movies, yeah. But but yeah. they did it off camera. Where I think Off-camera. with Terrifier, yeah. they're gonna do it on like the whole thing with Terror, like you see it all, yeah. yes. Yeah, so... no,
0: you that can't, you can't,
1: do yeah. That. That's You're why, just... yeah. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see the film. Two more big animated trailers. First, you have Inside Out 2, which apparently was the biggest animated trailer launch in Disney history. Apparently, 157 million views in 24 hours for this Inside Out movie, which is through. But then they play some of the big, big stars in it, though. I some they of the bigger stars. Well, yeah, you have Maya Hawk, who, who plays um, Anxiety, the newest animated character. Um, we have Amy Poehler and uh, Minnie.
5: No, no Minnie Kaling. I think got replaced, and somebody else got replaced. Two of the bigger names yeah. got replaced. And...
1: Yeah. Okay. So this yeah, is okay. So this is Bill. The, uh... Was Bill or... Bill yeah, I think so,
5: got replaced. Bill Hader. Okay. Got replaced, so too.
1: this was this is a twenty fifteen cast. Yeah. Uh, Amy Poehler, Mindy Kaling, Bill Hader. Yeah. So so Bill Hader um, and
5: uh, Minnie Kaling both been replaced, which it's like that. And they're two of the main characters. It's like that's, that's going to be tough to replace.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but two major characters are in the Garfield movie and then you got Chris Pratt and you have um, Sam Jackson who plays uh, Chris
5: Pratt like the new voice actor guy for everything now.
1: I, I wonder why, first of all. I mean, it's like because the he's gotten
5: from like, voice acting. It's like Mario. It's like he's really not Italian and Garfield. It's like, nah, that, I, I don't get it. I mean, Bill Murray at least
1: sounded like Garfield. Yeah. It can be anybody that that can play a cat. You know, I don't think it's I don't think yeah, it Bill be the Murray way to has publicity. that like laid-back demeanor. But that's true. To why that kind not? Of... Why
0: not use Bill Murray again? I mean, he's old. Oh, he, did, he hated.
1: it. Oh, he, he hated, he hated it on that.
5: Camera. He thought it was about Garfield the president when he signed up for it. He didn't realize it was about Garfield the animated cat.
0: Oh, and he got pissed because
5: he was like he hated working on that movie.
0: Oh, he did.
5: <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he signed up for think it was Garfield the president, not Garfield the cat. Yeah,
2: the trailer so, was
1: really cute, though. The trailer was really I, cute for Garfield.
2: It was cute, and he made his money.
4: Is like you have Nick Offerman, who would have been the perfect Garfield voice. Oh yeah, he <laughs> would have. Been. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, because like, so the cartoons a laid back demeanor. The cartoons was the an actor doing a bad Bill Murray impersonation for the cartoon mm. Garfield, which right. was always like very chill and like sarcastic, yep. and right. like you could have had like Nick Offerman in his most panty, but you got chris pratt it just sounds like they lifted the voice out of uh what the heck parks Guardians and. parties yeah. yeah okay it's it's like parks and rex chris pratt when i hear garfield
1: <laughs> nice yeah Well, that, that can be comforting to some people are right. speaking of animated films that have been shelved apparently coyote versus acme wrong it's it apparently, just got they're shopping it around now <laughs> they're shopping it around that's right Originally um, was going to be released by Warner Brothers, possibly, I guess, on Max, because that's uh, Warner Brothers owns Max. But now they're saying they're shelving the Looney Tunes inspired film as a 30 million tax write off. But now apparently Amazon and Netflix are you know are, are in a bidding war right now for this Coyote versus Acme film. Did I mean, you hear the ratings on that, though? The, the previews, they say the previews
5: were like 90 percent.
1: Real, yeah, oh, it was legitimate. Yeah, it, it,
5: it supposedly was really good. Apparently, so apparently it so shouldn't it's like,
1: have been. It, it's, it wasn't a, Batgirl. No, Bat it wasn't girl a bad girl because no, it
5: wasn't a bad girl. Bad girl sucked, but I mean, but this was had 90% rating, and it's so like, then,
1: it, then audiences need to see this. This
4: shouldn't be shelved, then.
5: Yeah, that, that, that's why they it was going to be shelved, and then there's such a backlash, they decided to shop it around instead of just shelving it.
4: Well, yeah. and the, the part of the reason they got so much backlash is that they've shelved movie after movie, so the new CEO yes. is getting this. Uh, Getting seen as somebody who will legitimately just spend 70 million dollars to get back 30 because he can show up a movie yes. through taxes. Oh, okay.
1: Yep. So yes, it's a 70 million dollar budgeted um animation action hybrid.
5: How does it cost? I guess I guess it does. That just seems a little high for an yeah. animated movie. I and mean, John, John Cena uh maybe
2: he's that a big was
0: name, the intentions. They they fudged it all so they could write it off.
5: Yep. But supposedly, right. I mean, people liked it. So, I mean, if you have 9% rating, I mean, they say, like, that's high, mm-hmm. that's pretty high.
1: All right. All right finishing the movie uh, stuff. Uh, Alien Legion, a new uh, IP acquired, um, originally published by Marvel, uh, apparently um, was just picked up. And uh, Tim Miller, who directed the original Deadpool and Terminator Dark Fate, is attached to direct this film school alien nation and uh interesting it's um it was a marvel property but they're not going to put it under marvel which i think is kind of interesting is it it like the alien nation tv
5: show from years ago with like the cop
1: you know that was a really good show um but yeah i
5: wonder if if that was a marvel property that turned into a show and then they're just revisiting
1: it yeah so it's a part of epic comics epic comics was uh yeah, that, that's so, what i'm saying it
5: might it might have been started off as a comic i don't know i'm not not a huge comic yeah. guy
1: so so epic was kind of I guess like a subdivision of, of marvel yeah. i guess but mm-hmm. it's not going to be considered a marvel uh film but apparently yeah now they they're they're going to produce a film based on this particular uh um yeah i mean basically uh it's all about alien legion i don't know much about it but basically it's Ah, uh, described as a French Foreign Legion in space, and the stories are focused on intergalactic peacekeeping force that took in. Wait, wait a second. This sounds—is this Marvel's version of Green Lantern Corps? Because it kind of sounds
5: like the Marvel <laughs> version of Green Lantern Corps, just like Deadpool's the yeah. Marvel version of Deadstroke, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Well, so it's like
1: so. Well, it's the, basically they're taking all species. To be a part of this group without asking too many que- questions about their past or their Again, or their the Marvel, the, the DC Green Lantern Corps is the same thing. So it, it's showing that all, yeah, yeah, Green Lantern of course, you did have all the aliens and all that yeah, stuff. So like that. Like, yeah, so it's
5: like, as I said, it's like, and basically, it's a Marvel version of the DC.
2: Yeah,
1: I guess it would work. Yeah. You, you
5: know,
2: don't have like the Green Lantern for you, yeah,
1: so you better, Marvel had to beat it to the punch. It's going to be, yeah, it's under Epic and it's not going to be under the Marvel banner. So. Um, it's just going to be its own unique IP, so we'll see what Tim Miller can do. Speaking of uh, DC, of course, or the comic book universe, James Gunn's Superman Legacy still on track to be released July eleventh, twenty twenty-five. What do you think about um, that one? The, do you think despite, that's going to be good? Yeah, well, despite the strike and all that, they're still, um, you know, on the right trajectory. I think you know what James Gunn's great with the superhero franchises. He was great. Well, with and also, he has Nathan green lantern mm-hmm. which i think that's, that's
5: i think he has a comic chops to pull that, off that guy that could
1: be good too i think james gunn's already proven that he can do superhero movies and do them yeah. well with suicide squad and Guardians of the galaxy i and, think if uh, you
4: if you have doubts about james gunn doing superman go back and watch brightburn oh yeah you're so right brightburn was his indie movie he made in uh it came out in 2019 Ooh, that was a good and film. evil superman that, yeah, the premise is what if Superman, like, regardless of what the kids did, Superman yes. went the wrong way when he was a kid. Yes. I so, forgot that was a
1: James Gunn production?
4: That was a James Gunn movie. I didn't even fucking wow. Yeah, that's but, pretty
1: good. See? So there uh, you
4: go. So, so it was written by Mark and uh, Brian and Mark Gunn. James Gunn produced it. David Yarovsky uh, directed it.
1: Okay. So, so they he do a
4: sequel because they kind of implied that there were other, like, evil superheroes yeah. out there. Yeah,
1: I think there should there were a, a sequel has been greenlit, Mike.
4: Uh, there's talks of a sequel.
1: Okay, that would have been good. I got some. I moves, don't know how uh, long well that's
4: going to go with him at DC now.
1: That's true. News on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So this was based on a very popular Tom King graphic novel, um, but they have um, playwright and screenwriter Anna Nagara who has been hired to write the script. So I guess she's adapting the graphic novels, what I'm assuming, because it's based on Tom King's uh, comic book series, which portrays a darker, grittier version of Supergirl that audiences uh, may not expect, you know? So uh, and she yeah. was actually raised on a fragment of the Krypton planet. And apparently wasn't as civilized as the main planet of Krypton. So um, you're, yeah this is a very very different type of uh supergirl that you're uh you're gonna so see, she's gonna so. be more
5: of like a warrior than uh like yeah like real, i think a supergirl used to be like real feminine and yes like, she's gonna be more exactly. wonder woman super Supergirl, i guess
1: yep it will center around um yeah Supergirl, a dog and a young girl seeking revenge uh seeking vengeance so um, okay that's that a lot of promises yeah. to be good so we'll have to... <laughs> super,
5: super girl dog and is that crypto the super dog maybe i don't know if i, I didn't, didn't read it that crap from...
0: it could be
1: yeah it you remember crypto wow okay you know some i'm a, a dog fan lore. so
0: hey i'm gonna okay. watch it
1: you know you know some lore there okay uh let's see blumhouse's next movie is called imaginary a horror thriller Um, Led by DeWanda Wise and stars Tom Payne. You might remember him as Jesus in The Walking Dead. And Broadway actress Betty Buckley. So that's coming out. And um, Denzel Washington will be in a movie about the Roman Empire. And he's reuniting with Training Day and Equalizer director Antoine Fuqua. uh, I wonder if uh, that has to
5: do with the Roman Empire trend that seems to be going on.
1: Did you ever hear about
5: that? Oh, like it, all guys think about the Roman Empire at least once a week.
1: It's about, uh, there's Hannibal. some kind of like war or
5: something. Somebody that, did. Yeah.
1: it's about the the real life warrior Hannibal who fought against the Roman Republic during the Second Punic War. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, yeah, because he's the guy who
5: ran, uh, he used the elephants, right? To go up the mountains.
1: Uh, sounds vaguely familiar. I'm pretty sure Hannibal's the one that used <laughs> elephants
5: to, the elephants to go up the mountains. and
1: Yeah. And um two more things before we take a classic break. You're doing an Elon Musk um biopic with Darren Aronofsky, the yeah. director of The Whale and The Wrestler. And uh you're shaking your head, Mike Rainmaker. You do not want to see an Elon Musk biopic.
5: The man ain't you dead. have to find somebody really deadpan to play Elon Musk. You have to use Shaq or somebody.
4: Like I, I it, it was my same issue with the social network. I get the movie was good but like right, yeah. you're you're telling the story like what part of Elon Musk's story are you going to tell? Are you going to tell the truth or are you going to tell the fictitious thing where he's this brilliant man who just makes billions of dollars off of other people's shit? Like bing, bing, bing. he's essentially he's essentially yeah. the Thomas Edison of our generation take, making money off of Nikola Tesla's. Like right. <laughs> I why, why are you ma- the I I am a fan of a biopic after somebody's passed. Right. While they're still alive, why?
1: Okay, that that's completely fair. Completely fair opinion. Yeah, a lot of people probably will agree with you. I mean, I think he's kind uh, of fascinating. I think they should base on. I think they should base it on like not
5: his past, but him buying Twitter. Because when he bought Twitter, he completely like changed the narrative of the mainstream establishment, and there was a lot of backlash to that so i mean and he took a lot of backlash and i think he should expose all they should expose that in that movie but
4: maybe that's just my opinion of the movie i'd, I'd like to make a correction so the only way i want to see a biopic done is the way they did the weird the weird al biopic
1: know,
2: where it was litmus. a
4: completely bullcrap what like none like none of that stuff actually happened
1: yeah madonna right? and him never had a relationship
4: you know, Weird Al wasn't some buff guy who was jacked out of his mind. He didn't. Wait, 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 wait,
5: wait! You're wrong about that. Did you ever see UHF? He had that scene where he's Rambo. He was all jacked up there.
4: That was a muscle suit. <laughs> well, I but also, that was a at, the suit. Of, <laughs> at the at the end of the movie. He's assassinated at a film at an awards festival, like that happened twenty mm-hmm. years ago. But the okay. man's still like that's the whole point. Like, the, like. That's how you do a biopic of somebody that's still alive. Now, what about
1: this? This is the last thing on my movie. What about this?
4: What about here's a good biopic. What about if you do Paul McCarthy
5: and you do it about like them assassinating him in the past because that conspiracy theory they replaced him back in the day with his doppelganger? No, he died in a car accident.
1: So, so Paul, you bring up an interesting point for my last point because of the whole thing with AI. The last biopic I want to talk about is French artist Edith Piaf will be the subject of a new biopic from Warner Music. And instead of casting an actor to embody Piaf, a voice and image will be re- resurrected using AI technology. I don't Apparently, like that idea. Yeah, yeah. They yeah parent- I don't like
0: that either. Yeah, but- a lot of
1: actors do have a problem. However, it's um, the, the, the the estate of, of um, Edith Piaf partnered with them. Yeah, so a the blessing. Says- yeah, I don't think blessing. that's
5: right. Think about this. Right now, you have actors signing off their likenesses. So, like, you're going to have Bruce Willis's family signed off his likeness. So, you can have Die Hard 45 or whatever. Instead of passing the torch to somebody else, you're going to have a Bruce Willis AI and all these Die Hard movies. And all the people really are going to go get a shot. They yeah. really
2: well, do he that? signed,
5: yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. He, him and also James Earl Jones signed off his rights for his voice. So, James Earl Jones' voice for can Darth be Vader. used in Star Wars movies. Yes, for Darth Vader. So... And but I mean Bruce Willis's family signed off his rights. So like they sold off his rights so they can put Bruce Willis in anything they want. And I just don't well
0: you know what? They're just probably thinking job. about their family after he's gone, how they're gonna yeah. keep
1: him Because no, Bruce is do right do you know about Bruce's dementia? Paul, do you realize yeah, no, that's Tano's what I'm saying? Bad. I don't think okay. he
0: signed off. I think they took power for attorney yeah. and they
1: signed off. Yes, yes. he's not going to be able to do any more future voices. No, no, I them. think he
5: signed off before his dementia got too bad, but I think he did sign off his rights, from what I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But this was a few yeah. years back. It was well, and, like... and
4: the other reason is James Earl Jones signed off because they had already started replacing him with someone else. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, well, shit, if somebody's going to make money off of Darth Vader for my family, it should be me. So, like, yeah, but, but I he, he
5: had his turn. But like, why don't you pass it off? Like, I mean, you have somebody who replaced Peter Mayhew. Mm.
4: I mean, I don't know.
1: That's a. Would that's you a, want that's... some
4: here? Here, question, Paul. Would you want somebody else playing Leia in Star Wars or in Star Trek? Yes. Yeah, um. Wars.
5: Supposedly, from what I understand, that is going to happen. It's going to be Carrie Fisher's daughter. From uh, what I understand, because they're going to reboot it with like all new actors. But that's just what I heard. Um. I haven't yeah. heard of that crazy talk. Well, I heard <laughs> it was, what's his name. It was the guy who's um. Plus her, her daughter's
1: already movie. playing a character. So.
5: No, the no the guy yeah. who's um what what's his name? Um the guy who who's doing that new mo- movie, um what's that called? Uh the guy who did all the um British movies, what is that called? Okay, Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn said he's gonna redo everything, he's gonna do a Star Wars movie and he's gonna recast everybody. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I'll have to look into that one, Paul. But yeah, look, Matthew
5: Bond's one. Star Wars movie. And he, mm-hmm. and he says the first well, one no, no, is, is going to be Leia's Star so, so, I mean, this
4: is, this is my God. question. This is my question for you. We're talking about giving somebody else a chance to you at iconic roles that we all know. Like, you know, mm-hmm. John McClane has always been Bruce Willis, whereas James Bond has been multiple people. Correct. Are you okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Are you okay if Chris Pratt becomes the new John McClain? Yes, I am.
0: Yeah.
5: In
4: fact, you know what? I'd rather...
5: In fact, that Indiana Jones... This has been my my thing I've been telling a lot of people. Chris Pratt has the chops. He could have been the new Indiana Jones. They should have gave it to him because he has, like, that ruggedness with the comi- with the t- timing. Yeah, he would have yeah. been great in the new Indiana Jones instead of having 80-year-old Harrison Ford out there just kind of stumbling around. That, and I think that's what ruined Indiana Jones, that and bad storytelling. But I think you should pass the torch. I okay. mean, I feel bad for it. So Hey, I mean, if you play an older version talking about the younger version, don't have any
1: problem with that. Right, right. Well, I think okay. we should all let that marinate and take a classic <laughs> break because <laughs> we're done. Movies, we're going to get into uh Loki finale talk and a couple more things. And and of course, we're going to do one week early because we're off, we're not broadcasting BTB next week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. We're going to do our uh Survivor Series picks. There's only three patches for us to predict, um, going into Survivor Series. We'll do the rest via email later, gentlemen, but nonetheless. Let's take a classic cut break. And of course, we've been talking a lot about the Marvels movie. And maybe, Paul, you might think this is one of the shining points of the Marvels. And that's the soundtrack. And Beastie Boys. That's right. The Beastie Boys Intergalactic Planetary was the obvious choice for me uh, for the classic cut this week. So enjoy the classic cut, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Always say my style
4: is wow. you got call you got got Step to me I'm a I'm a rapper
1: All right, so we're back, guys. That was Intergalactic Planetary. Yes. been wanting to play that song for a while, and other songs took precedence, or somebody died that we had to play a song for. But I think it was finally time to play Beastie Boys.
2: That was a uh, pretty good is, song, actually. Yes, which is a <laughs> like soundtrack
1: it. for the Marvels. All right, let's get into Disney Plus and talk some Loki. Loki brought in 11.2 million end. viewers. For the um, the finale, so uh, so that's about 649.6 million minutes, or 10.83 million hours of watch time. So that's pretty well, let's get review on it.
5: What 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 does uh, how many lightsabers does he give Loki?
1: <laughs> you know what? Um, for 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 Han Soto's lightsabers as a series whole. <laughs> I would give Loki an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, oh, 8. that's pretty 8. good. 10. So, yeah, it, it's pretty good. It was entertaining. I'm going to be honest with you. Um there's some some parts that were confusing. And yeah. I had to watch my one of my I'll give him a plug. One of my favorite recap shows on YouTube is Emergency Awesome. And uh the host Charlie really helped me understand. Um some of the aspects if it didn't deal with
5: the, the, the multiverse it does get a little convoluted
1: it get a little got a little convoluted so what we saw in the finale kind of like rick and what,
5: morty i don't know if you saw last rick and morty episode or not but
1: you know what um i don't have adults from anymore i just realized so yeah, now i gotta wow. wait i gotta wait till max yeah, you, should,
4: you should watch it on max
1: max only has up to uh season six oh. they don't have the new episodes yeah i know right then that sucks. <laughs> I'll be
5: honest if it wasn't that good. It wasn't as good this season, I think. I think this yeah. season was like a mass season. I mean, I, and, and I don't like the voice actor for Morty, but...
1: I know, I, think... I know. Well, let's get back into Loki really quick. All right, so basically in the finale, apparently Loki sacrifices himself not only for his friends, but for all the possible timelines and dimensions of the MCU. So be- he becomes the god of stories sitting at the center of Yggdrasil. Ye- I don't know how to pronounce that. It's the world tree of Norse mythology that gives structure to the universe and supports the nine realms of existence. And apparently what he's, what um, Tom Hiddleston said on Jimmy Fallon is that basically he's now um, the God of stories. And apparently he can go back in time at any point. So Jimmy Fa- yeah, or forward. And then, like, I think he kind of asked him, so does that mean saving Iron Man? He said, oh. you know, he kind of had to. Well, actually, could out. he save himself? Because remember, and he, he died because his original self died in the uh,
5: endgame, but he could stop that, can't he? In yes. theory.
1: So I guess, yeah, I guess that that's that's how they did. He's sitting on the throne, he's got all the, the green timelines, he took the grasp of literally grasped them. I guess showing that he controls everything as far as timelines and MCU. Is that what you gathered, Rainmaker?
4: He allows for the multiverse to happen. So if you okay. remember, there was the uh the sacred timeline, and that was the Marvel MCU as we know yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and yes. the loom was to prune out all the variant timelines, prune out pretty much every variant of anything that is not on the sacred timeline right now when the loom broke all of those variant worlds all of those things like and this is what they say at the end is that they're allowing to all these variant worlds and timelines to grow which allows marvel to say fox is part of you know the multiverse and all of these this multiversal thing leading Mm -hmm. into the multiversal war which is what they allowed uh, announced like early on and battle planet which is where you have all the different variants of characters coming together to fight Oh wow. um so what i think will be interesting with this is that you now have the ability to say characters can and it's already happening you have america chavez who jumps between multiverses yep. you have yes. Ma- monica rambo who got pushed into another multiverse yeah, uh, you've got Roger the variant, the TVA, who is now it So, I, I'm very interested to see where they go with this.
1: Interesting, and of I, course, I mean, Robert Down. Well, hold on, if Robert Downey Jr. Okay. wants to return as Iron Man, he can return his Iron Man.
5: He
2: can yeah, return a I just love
1: Iron that
0: man. man in a tin can outfit.
2: <laughs>
5: well, <laughs> I, so actually, sad. I heard about a rumor about like what happened too. Like Disney supposedly had a back door into, it from what I, from the rumor I heard, I heard the rumor was. There were two snaps in the Endgame movie. The first snap is the current timeline where the Hulk made the snap. The okay. second one is Robert Downey. He didn't die in his second timeline, but he died in the Hulk's timeline. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, wow. See, there two snaps. The first
5: snap <laughs> is the timeline where so that it's possible Robert Downey could be coming back through that rumor, but I don't know if that's true or not that's what the rumor is because there were two snaps so the first snap was the hawk one yeah. the one that's going on now and then the second snap would have been the robert downing yeah. one where he still would still be alive so yeah. well, well,
0: that would be interesting if they did that because remember they're planning in the future to have his daughter carry on right did you guys remember part of that? the young
4: adventures yeah yeah right was well, his daughter the they're gonna
5: just swap around with the
4: iron heart because iron
5: heart's not his daughter
4: No, but they both are in the comics. So what they could be setting up is Loki versus Kang, in uh, in the big uh,
1: Avengers Kang Dynasty, or but also might be Kang Dynasty.
4: But then after Kang Dynasty, I I, it's Battle World is what they're doing it, uh, calling it or what the world's called, MCU timeline.
2: But I heard okay.
4: rumors that they might replace King with um, Doctor Doom just
5: because of all the problems that the actors and
1: that's we well, have a that, about that. I read that. Yeah. So if they decide the, to go to Doctor Doom. be Interesting.
4: The issue with that is that this is all based off of an article in um, crap. What's the magazine it begins with a V variety variety and a lot of the stuff in that article has already been proven to be speculation so it's like the article was written during the strike to tear down kind of the the hole at marvel like when we're not supposed to have been talking about a struck company yeah so the struck company isn't going to be casting or doing any kind of casting or changing plans while the strike is going on when this alleged article or this article comes out, alleged they're recasting things. So but like, they,
5: could, they could have also thrown it out there because a lot of times they throw stuff into their trades to see how it's gauged. And if it's gauged right, they go with it. If pe- people are like, hey, that's a good idea. Or if it's gauged wrong, they'll be like, eh, the, 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 people don't like that idea. We're not going to go with that. So sometimes they just throw their own. So Disney could have thrown that out there to try to see how people view it.
4: You know what I mean? Yeah, and they could have also made, a,
5: Major. jail. If Jonathan Majors goes to jail, you're going to have to replace King, like either with another version of King or some something. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, criminal so, records okay, don't do well in the Mouse House. That's for
4: sure. Well, it's also like <laughs> you know, uh, Don Cheadle's the second roadie. Uh Mark yes. Ruffalo's the second Hulk. Like recasting okay. is not an unfamiliar thing in the Marvel. Yeah, that's no, true. So no, uh, Cassie Lang those Cassie that last
0: the longest are because they have fit the part better. Right. Yeah. The audience loves them. And- well, Chance
5: Howard wanted more money than Robert Downey Jr., and that's why he got recast, but that's just because he wanted more money than
4: Robert Downey Jr. because he thought he was, I don't know what he was thinking.
1: Just as good, but he really wasn't. <laughs> and I yeah.
4: i don't I don't see them abandoning the King character because of how much time they invested in it in the right. movie period, in everything leading, like mania was not great, but they also yeah. still set up uh, Kang in that. And they would have to completely abandon the Kang Dynasty movie coming up and the Secret Wars movie, which basically Kang is the Thanos of that movie because he starts pitting all the variant Marvel Speaking characters. Speaking
5: of that, together. I heard remember, Thanos might
4: be the, the new big bad also.
5: So I, I heard between Doctor Doom and Thanos. Well, here, the here's the- of Thanos comes back i mean I, that's just what i've heard i mean it, these are all speculations <laughs> i don't know rumors, what, i don't
1: know what dirty sheets these <laughs> the dark
4: well walls. i mean look <laughs> the whole thing with secret wars is that everybody comes back in the comics so like yeah. if yes. marvel wants to spend the money they can bring everybody they could bring jerry o'connell back from the roger corman version of fantastic Four. oh and my that is God. a huge deep cut <laughs> so like that's deeper than
1: the page of superman
4: exactly so i i think we're too with that movie being like three years out we're too far out i think yes if if anything what you'll see is Is it will get recast and they'll write it off as a variant kang because they even showed you when all the different kang's appeared his face is different so like he could just be kang number two right yes Um, um or uh Kang just goes back to the background, the way Thanos was for all of the movies leading into uh, um, Infinity Wars. Because if you remember, right. Thanos just was like a stinger sitting in a chair, or he was a hand right. in the in the shot. Like he right. wasn't a major guy. He was, right. was recast too. Because
5: wasn't or the original Thanos a different guy?
4: Well, the original Thanos was just a CGI character that smiled. Like, right. Yeah, but no the guy, actor. but there,
5: there was a, there was an actor there.
4: It was like a, he had he had like
5: cj was a it was a different actor though
1: it wasn't in his likeness with josh was, berlin right. they yeah. kind of had his likeness, the, the they added his
4: likeness yeah right. yeah um, well but I, I just think we're too far out to even especially okay. when strike pushing everything back 10 months we yeah too far out all
1: right well let's move on to netflix guys um zach snyder's rebel moon part one trailer dropped and i gotta i'm admit, excited dude, for that it looks awesome michael have you seen it the trailer then the newest trailer um, this is just, uh, I guess, yeah, we're, we're gonna get the uh theatrical release on December 15th, but it will release on Netflix right around Christmas, December 22nd. And uh, well, that's yes. where I got
5: my residual from. I got my residual from Army of the Dead.
4: Congratulations! Oh,
1: Did you Congrats, film that in Atlantic man. City? Yeah, no, Atlantic City for that. That's, that's, that's literally
4: 15 minutes down the road for me. Oh, that's um,
1: awesome! That's awesome. So, you got that.
4: Yes, I saw the trailer. We talked about this last show, Al, and I, here's my concern. Which Zack Snyder are we getting? Are we getting yeah, we Batman vs. Superman slow, trudging story where everything's like a moody teenager Zack Snyder? Or are we <laughs> getting Watchmen sucker punch snack, Zack Snyder, who knows yes. how to tell a, a good story? Like yes. If we get that one, I'm excited. If we get the, the most recent version of Zack Snyder, like I don't know that I want to see part two.
2: But <laughs> <It> Wasn't this <laughs> originally going to
5: be like a Star Wars movie and like Star Wars yes. didn't
4: want to do it and he just kind of Star like, i like, going to do my
5: own.
1: Yes, he because pitched a can... darker Star Wars. Darker Star Wars, which you can. You just rename all the characters yeah. and, yeah. you know, change change the set design or whatever to look like Star it's Wars. Like and just James
5: Gunn's darker Superman. Right.
1: But, <laughs> right. yeah. We'll have to see which type of uh, Snyder uh, affects this film, but this newest trailer just just really sold me. So last week, I think uh we were just talking about the 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 shorter trailer, I guess. And this speaking is like of that, Al, did you see the
2: creator yet?
5: Because
1: that was good. What's that? Name? Star- the, the creator was
5: like kind of like a. It's not a Star Wars movie, but it has that Star Wars vibe to it, like the Rogue One vibe. To you know, it. I,
1: I never got a chance. I'm gonna have to see it on demand, sadly. I never got a chance. But to I think see it's
5: it. still in some theaters. I think it was still in house the last time i saw
1: it might it might be in some of your uh, little rinky dink theaters probably but i think for the major releases it's probably not going to be there anymore now millie bobby brown has a really good movie uh on netflix it was basically based on a trailer called damsel and she's fighting for her life against a dragon and a kingdom's insidious plans in the first teaser trailer and uh it's directed by juan carlos bris and written by Dan Mazzio. All right, so it follows the damsel after she's selected to and agrees to marry a handsome prince, but her magical futures turns into a nightmare present after she learns she's being used by a royal family as a sacrifice to pay an ancient debt, leaving Ooh. her to defend herself against a treacherous threat. So, wow! I mean, so it's, they're it's giving her cool. to
0: a dragon as a treat.
1: <laughs> I guess. I- I- as, it's kind of like the king
0: kong thing except they're giving this one to it yeah
1: yep. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah so, so it's a, yeah. a sacrifice basically to pay the ancient debt and it's kind of cool seeing me at millie bobby brown these big like action roles now you know obviously she's 11 from stranger things she's all grown up now and uh and then you have Except Robin They still Wright. have her
5: turning eleven on Stranger, eleven years old in Stranger Things, even though she's probably in her twenties now. It's good.
1: oh yes, I think she's nineteen now or something like that. But yeah, how are they? How supposed to be in? Because they're still in high school, right? Yeah, they, you know, to, I they, think they're still
5: going to be in high school. It's like they're going to be. It's going to be like a nine hundred two one zero where you have thirty year olds in high school.
1: Or <laughs> like <laughs> Dawson's much, Creek. That's yeah, <laughs> what they're going for, I think.
4: Yeah. So each each season they try to age up the kid, kids in the show with the the real life kids so they're not like 13 playing 11 and 15 playing 10 right um but now they're taking a huge break between the next two seasons so i'm wondering if they allow that much of a time gap age wise, where they try to retrofit ages backwards
1: that's a good question but i think they're at the age now where i don't think we're going to notice it as much as when they're a lot younger. yeah so that difference won't be as much so um, But yes, um, that movie looks really cool. A new trailer on Netflix for Ultraman Rising. This is a CJ animated feature film. Not really familiar with the Ultraman. Well, um, Ultraman's fandom. kind of like in the Godzilla universe. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, But it looks really cool. I did, did get a chance to check that out. And of course, yes, a Rustin. Uh, Desi uh, speaking of that, about you Rustin. Did you mention the Godzilla movie, trailer? Did you see that one yet? The Godzilla movie trailer? I think that drives the, one? Yeah, I think it was one. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a Japanese produced one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that looks good too. Yeah, that does look good as well. So, but yeah, let's and then talk there's about Rusty.
4: the Monarch.
1: And Monarch Legacy of Monsters, right? Yeah, yeah. that's another. Well, that's one a TV too. show, isn't it? That's a new show. That's an app. Is that Apple TV? Uh,
4: yeah, it'll be on Apple. Comes out uh, middle, I think seventeenth. The are they like, not be yeah. using Gojo
5: yeah. characters, or are they is it going to be like no Godzilla, just like random other characters that they just kind of. Uh,
4: Uh, uh, Godzilla allegedly makes an appearance, but it's basically how Monarch. So, yeah, it's going uh, to be like all the other weird cryptid things they have. You have Kurt Russell and his son playing the same character 50 years apart. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, wow. So, you talk about nepotism, yeah. (laughs) But you have, so it's basically like I think it's the full history of Monarch and their impact with all of the, the kaiju.
5: What which son, which son is it going to be? Is it
4: going to be the one from... Wyatt, uh, the,
1: Wyatt Russell.
5: From, okay, Because uh, right. okay. yeah, the yeah. other one, but the other one doesn't really look like him that much.
1: The Falcon. No, it's Wyatt. So they, look they, a,
5: they look close enough. Yeah, they look a lot they alike. Look,
1: they look a lot alike, so it'll work. But yes, uh, Rustin. So there's a special screening, which I didn't get an invite to in D.C. for Rustin. Oh, was it in
0: D.C.? I thought it was, it was in D.C.
1: Elena
0: said it came out Barack, of Pittsburgh.
1: Well, yeah, they did shoot in Pittsburgh, but they had a special screening in D.C. with Barack Obama And Michelle Obama, and this was at the African-American History Museum, and um, yeah, and actually- I I
5: hate to say it, I could probably tell you why you weren't invited
1: to that one. Well, come on now. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so President Obama did say it's great to see even more of you since the strikes are over, and he said, as somebody who cares a lot about the power of workers in this country and as a father of somebody who writes in film, interesting- I'm glad that both the actors and the writers came to an agreement that recognizes their worth and their work really classy thing for president Obama to say, uh, I
0: will tell you and, and (laughs) overall from any productions I've ever done. Mm -hmm. and, And it's not that I've been treated badly, but the ones that I've been treated the best on were produced by minorities Okay, and I think um, it's because
4: not the first time I've heard that, which is awesome.
0: It's yeah. because they have had to struggle so far to make it in the business or even be represented. That mm. there's a there's a, a close knitness. There's a a passion and compassion in there, and they're about making a good project because they have to be worried about making good because. It was so hard for them to get through. The only way they're going to get through is if they put out an exceptional product. Yeah. And uh, like we was just talking about the Marvels things, they they gave up the quality and they're just spitting out more mo- movies to make yeah. money. Well, but, would
1: you say this is the case with Rustin?
0: No, they, they did use a lot of money, but they employed a massive amount of people.
5: Yeah, see, I couldn't work on that because, I mean, I I, I couldn't get a shot because of Guinea barre syndrome, so.
0: But, I mean, and they lost a lot of money because they had to shut down several times because of COVID, COVID going
1: around. Yeah, and even that, the director,
0: yeah. the first week we were supposed to shoot, got sick and ended up in the hospital. And all these trailers and all these 300 extras on standby and just as much crew after about three days had to just pack yeah. up and go. And then they came back again, tried it again and got shut down. And then it came back a third time and finally yeah. got the rest of, but if there is any, a good example to remind non-movie making people and these, what I call them, the president's nose of the movie industry, how much of a value there is in the human and the human experience that they bring. Because since mm-hmm. this is historical, this story wasn't made up. This story was lit oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and documented. And there was a lot of abuse up until the point where it got to the point where a difference was made. Yeah. But I will tell you, just standing by in a corner somewhere as a crew member, watching some of these scenes set up, I got emotional. And I will never forget, it was perfect casting, the little girl that they chose to play, the little girl that walks in to, I think, first grade or kindergarten for the first time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they have these big, she looks so dwarfed next to these big guys. And Wait, wait,
5: wait, wait, wait a second. Why was that in Rustin? That's not Rustin. R- Rustin had nothing to do with that. That was the yeah, thing in Alabama. Yeah, no, oh no 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 no. Rustin had nothing to do with that.
0: Yes, it does. And that that, was, not, a a, that uh, was a historical uh, thing, uh, uh, Wait a minute. Okay, well, I it's study the history. The whole so. history. Rustin, you got to remember this big march of Martin Luther King happened before there was Instagram, Facebook, or any social now, media Rustin's to gather this amount of people.
5: Rustin, Rustin's a guy. It's not that the story not no, called no, Rustin. No, but
0: I'm saying the yes. history behind why Rustin came in to help okay. fight the cause so the, up to recreate the King. Okay. So the they, so they, they
5: did all the historical stuff. Okay.
0: Yeah, they had to show the different scenes happening across the country the bombing of the bus, the, the kids mm-hmm. that were protesting in the soda shop the little girl getting walked into school instead it's what of with led to the march Daddy.
1: it's everything that led yes. to the march okay
5: everything i didn't realize they put it. all that in that movie too i thought oh, yeah. it was just a, yeah i
1: thought I it was just know. like and a, I a, mean, awesome.
0: the costuming the makeup on point on we're point. gonna
1: give a shout out to coleman domingo he's come a long way as um an actor from fear the walking dead which is finally thank god finishing up i yep. like, suck i got suckered into watching the final season just to see how the characters end i think coleman is still a part of the show and he's gonna commit to finishing that story arc and now he's on a different part of it you know different level of his career now starring in major as leads in major films now like rustin so kudos to coleman domingo man he's well like i I mean like i remember other actors like i mean like that too that just
5: they were all like on small shows and they wound up becoming stars which is cool That they worked their way up
1: yeah and one of the nicest guys i've ever met i I didn't talk to him much on Rustin. I talked to him more so at a press uh, for Fear the Walking Dead a couple of years ago for the Split Screens Festival in New York. And one of the coolest guys. And I remember he he's always dressed really like very fashionable and very, very. Was that how he was dressed on the
5: stove? Because, I mean, on Fear the Walking Dead, he always kind of dressed like real, like kind of fancy, I guess.
1: Yeah. Very fancy and upscale, but, but very fashionable. And he had a very interesting fashion sense. So. Are you he was the very Walking
2: social. Dead, he yeah. was very
0: social where the other yeah. actors kind of stayed away and they were under this tent and they yeah. put this divider there like, don't look at them, don't really. Yeah. And that could have been the COVID going around but, well, but I will tell could you have amongst been the extras, I was in there to meet with these little old ladies that were dressed in white with the white shoes and one of them I was worried about. They had to have her, they couldn't stand very long, so i them sitting in chairs but yeah. one yeah. of them was telling me, you know, at my age, everybody is just sitting around complaining. They're bored. They're watching TV. They're all aching, painting. But me, I'm making a movie. And then later on, I found out she was one of the original marchers. Wow! Yeah, wow. cool. and that's she she had participated in things. And the director got yeah. to talking to her, and they did a separate interview with her, and that's what clicks in my head is like, this is what is important, the the yeah. human experience, the human that actually went through this journey. What a sadness it would have been if they just used AI to make up a bunch of these people and they never had the real her there, one that actually lived back then, still oh, yeah. alive now. Yeah. And, and it was an asset because the interview is going to be uh, probably in a film that comes out later with the yeah. behind the scenes Very things.
1: Cool.
0: She was yes. awesome.
1: Well, yes, yeah, so of course. Yeah. Make sure you check out Rustin when it releases on Netflix, which I believe uh, when does it drop? I believe uh, be soon. I think it's uh, sometime at the end of the month. Right. All right. Let's move on, guys. But first of all, Paul, are you watching Fear the Walking Dead? Are you yes, finishing it up? what do you think of coleman domingo's performance you know it's like he's yeah it's weird because like a, he, i mean
5: well of, of course well he's gay on the show but he he has like a family now so he's kind of like fighting for his family now which is kind of strange because before he was all out for himself
1: i, I gotta admit the writing's not great it's, it's no it's like it's, it's all over the place yeah because i mean i know it's weird like
5: he went around right the hotel and he's like with this what was it? all brazilians or something in the hotel i forget where
1: where they're from Well, but... they're, they're they're speaking german but we have oh, to remember that's what it was from his previous and they're
0: in brazilian
1: from his from his previous uh story arc he was at the tower and he was a dictator yeah. and he was ultra just sociopathic throwing people off the you know the top and of now the he's tower. like the opposite and now it's just I, I think the writing is just anyways but i'm, I'm yeah I'm I, I think what happens ends. i think they kept switching writers and when you keep switching right writers
5: yeah. you lose something because i mean it's like yeah I think when they lost their original writers off the bat, because I mean, wasn't there some kind of lawsuit or something that happened where they lost the original director and re- original series? The guy who but had that the, was from
1: that was from that the was early, it was early on Walking, Walking Dead.
5: Dead. But I mean, I think when that but happened, not on,
1: not on, I, fear. Think, I think that caused
5: everything to branch off and just go well, off the rails. Fear is you're fear talking is about, just yeah, just yeah, Rape Rape Darabont. Rape
1: Darabont. yeah, but fear is completely just the, the imagination of different writers, there's yeah. no social material, yeah. I
5: mean, do you than, know that one season when they had um, like them two seasons ago was really good. I thought when you had like the Western element and you had yeah. like
1: that, that was, a was good really season. good season. And then they had the Padre storyline and the Matt Madison. That kind, of, that kind of went downhill. Yeah, it went downhill. But the one thing I will be very upset if they do not pay off is the reunion of Madison and Alicia. If that yeah. does not happen, because you know Alicia's been mentioned a lot. And if she's yeah. not alive and they don't have that reunion, I would but if completely... she's dead, but then again, she might not really be dead too. So it's like I don't think she is. I think that that's going to be the payoff, and hopefully that will allow them to you know to do the future spinoffs. If they want to do the spinoffs, they can do the spinoffs. So, um, but we'll see how it ends. We get the. Finale, it's also I weird believe. that Madison
5: has like she got her lungs burnt, so she has to have like oxygen brought her. I was like, that's kind of unnecessary. It's like that's. I mean, I understand that could happen, but you don't really need that in the tv
2: show it's it, it gives her a little
1: character. bit of, it gives her a little bit of a, a kryptonite i guess you see because she's a very yeah. very strong character but let's yeah curious to see how well then they're doing a- and then and they
5: push kind of push morgan to the side too morgan was a, yeah. like a big badass he's like kind of like just there now you know what i mean
1: well you know he finishes for his story arc in the first half of the final season so now it's just focused know, on it's, madison it's- and the new know, but still, antagonist he's... troy yeah so he's well, not we'll a new
5: antagonist him. he came back from like a previous right.
1: season right of course of course just because they trainer. were like hey we don't have any big antagonists let's just bring somebody back from the past somebody back that we thought was dead and he's really not dead anyways uh moving on to netflix tv um uh, three body problem then the first uh trailer just dropped for that this is by the minds of game of thrones david benioff and db weiss and I got to admit, it looks really, now, was really it, cool.
5: Was it The Minds of Game of Thrones last season? Because if it's The Minds of the Game of Thrones <laughs> the last season, it's like, I don't know if I
1: want to watch that. You don't know if you want to watch it, but it's based on the best-selling book series, The Three-Body Problem by Sixin Liu, which uh, uh, is a multi-generational story that spans the cosmos. So uh, basically, it's a young woman's decision in 60s China that reverberates across space and time into the present day. You know, we need to get off this
5: multiverse. Is this everything multiverse like year now? Because it seems like everything it at has all at once. It seems it like has you have some, all the Marvel yeah. crap. That's
2: yeah.
5: everything's all multiverses now.
1: Does it? Does it? Does it seem like it has a multiverse? uh This is the um, year of the multiverse because apparently everything has the multiverse aspect yeah. to it. Oh yeah, they have that new sound of freedom uh, from yeah. the producer of Sound of Freedom their their newest film uh, tackles the multiverse as well so that's just something yeah. you don't expect you know so that looks yeah. really i mean the trailer looks really good you got john bradley as you know from game of thrones and, and mm-hmm. he's coming back uh, as a character named jack rooney and then um yeah it looks cool i mean i don't know i'm gonna give it a shot it looks really really cool based on the trailer so Okay. but i'm gonna get multiverse out
5: i think this year because if everybody's oh. doing multiverse stuff I mean, well, got see,
0: multiverse. that's the problem and that's where hollywood pisses me off because yeah the, the people who have the money once they see something made made the money then they think oh that's it that's what we got to keep doing and they run it into the ground well, I
5: mean, like look the vampire phase you had the van all the vampire yes. movies yeah, that one. yeah i got and then you had all out, the zombie movies honest,
0: that i'm zombied out thumbs on me yeah,
5: I think little, uh, although i already did that was at least different that was good but um yeah, yeah but you're right uh you're right uh, that they, they've done stuff that when once they find something popular they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing well, it and yeah. indie
0: filmmakers fall in that same trap because they think oh this is the new thing so maybe if we create yeah. this we'll get in the game too and
5: no. well, i mean that's what happened with the found footage well, i mean the parent found footage stuff got overdone too like i mean yeah. it was fine with the blair witch and then they went to like Paranormal Activity, and then they just did like mm. five different Paranormal Activity movies and just kind of got ran into the ground. Mm-hmm. And well,
0: it's how funny about the... you brought up Blair Witch because I don't know if you remember, Al, because Al, oh, yeah. Al and I were judging for the Baltimore New Media Web Fest and one of the entries, I think it was from France, was a total rip-off of the Blair Witch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that one?
1: I mean, when but... it's found footage, it's kind of hard to... But not it's kind right of along the
0: same premise. This yeah, girl goes yeah. in, and they're trying the, the the ooh with the can. It's just not working. Yeah. But somehow she becomes, I guess, possessed by this witch. I don't know. I don't know. But it was just, yeah, it just didn't.
1: Yeah. No. Well, you know, it's all about having original ideas. Netflix does have something that looks really cool that could be original, by Neil Gaiman, who wrote Sandman, and it's called a uh, Dead Boy Detectives. So that's based on the Vertigo comics by Neil Gaiman and Matt Wagner, and uh, actually will be a part of the Sandman universe. So it looks like they're weird. kind of taking elements from Dead Boy Detectives and bringing it into the Sandman, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. You know, is that like I R.I.P.D.
5: because thought... is an R.I.P.D. like kind of like and with his comics too?
4: So I'm it, not. Sure. It's actually this a is... spinoff of the Doom Patrol. Oh, is it
1: okay? Oh, the Dead Boy so, Detectives is a spinoff of uh, yeah. Doom Patrol.
4: Really? And it's uh two of the characters who played the characters in Doom Patrol are reprising ah, their characters. There you so go, it's see? basically like uh it's Hardy Boys meets uh RIP. Okay. Not okay. No,
1: yeah. Cool. So, I like it, and it kind of ties that uh ties the Doom Patrol um series I guess in, into this one as well. Well
4: it ties the, the it ties the Doom Patrol universe. So the Sandman universe has always been part of the DC universe, but it was DC time ago. So then you would have characters that would be interchangeable like Constantine and and stuff like that. Yeah. But yes. now this firmly can depending on how if they connect um the Dead Boy Detective show with the Netflix Sandman. That would connect the dcu to the netflix sandman series
1: okay Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay interesting i like that and i think that's what what uh james gunn wants and and, and if that's, that's the case or or will it will it still be elseworlds i guess it's that that remains to be seen yeah whether it's going to be in or not also you have um a teaser for the brother's son this is an upcoming netflix by brad falchuk And it stars Michelle Yeoh, dropping on January 4th. And this looks pretty awesome. Michelle Yeoh, of course, playing a badass mom, um, basically saying, we don't hit family when she rebukes him before slapping her son. And uh, uh, basically, it's, um, it's a dark action comedy and follows the average Californian Bruce son. His life is forever changed when his brother visits him from Taiwan. And he learns about the family trade, which is organized crime.
5: So there you go. So it's kind of like the oh, so yeah, yakuza, more or less.
1: It's kind of like a, a gangster life, um, in, in within a you know the Asian Taiwan. Well, yeah, that's that's that's, that's yeah. Life.
5: yakuza.
1: Yeah, there yakuza,
5: you go. Japanese gangsters.
1: Japanese was it Japanese gangster? Okay. These are mm-hmm. these are from Taiwan then. So no, I was saying. Well,
5: I think yeah, yakuza goes over there too. But...
1: Right. Okay. They're We're Asian also- gangsters. So. Yeah, exactly, and then you got a Terminator um, anime oh, okay. series, anime series. I don't know why that anime might work. Anime. I
5: don't know Terminator. I'm kind of terminatored out. I think they kind of ran into yeah.
1: this is something refreshing. I'm terminatored out too. You terminate, <laughs> <laughs> but it will be an animated series on Netflix. It's going to have fun. old man Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator. <laughs> that last video, I'm
0: like, oy, very,
1: oy, vey, but it is an anime version of it, so it'll be a little refreshing and different, guys. So, and then you have Star Trek Prodigy found a new home on Netflix. Uh, Mike Doherty, I, I, I'm guessing you were a Star Trek uh, uh, fan and you might have followed Prodigy, but apparently Paramount Plus canceled it. They yeah. had season two already done, but now they have a home with Netflix, so they're gonna be able to drop both seasons. So, I wasn't a big fan of that show. But Netflix saves the day. You gotta you gotta you gotta appreciate what Netflix does. Hey, Netflix because... didn't
5: save my show. My show still got canceled after my network got sold. So well okay, I'm me down.
1: But it saved Cobra Kai and it saved uh Manifest. They've yeah, Netflix has saved quite a few shows, you know. So and then Wednesday, which uh, as you know is a huge hit, uh for season two, they're actually gonna be shooting in Ireland instead of Romania. That's so kinda shot. Yeah, it would Romania be fun to get one. a gig
0: on something like that.
1: Oh yeah, I want to work in uh, Ireland. I would have killed to be one of the the creatures on Michael Skellig Island, the Jedi uh, Island in Ireland. I Forget would have loved that. to be.
2: Been...
0: I'd, I'd be picking up good-looking Irish every night at a
2: different
1: ah, bar. Ha, 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 I love ha, that ha. accent. Oh, snap! <laughs> You're wild. You're a freaking <laughs> Rican, aren't you? All right. Over on Amazon, the Masters of the Universe movie. Apparently, Amazon wants that property. Uh, I think initially it was going to be on Netflix, but um, who's even going to be a G Man now? Because
5: they kept switching it off a million It has not been filmed yet, has it?
1: It, yeah, now that they they cast somebody, but now that
5: that is like the ultimate train wreck. They've they've cast like three different people to be He Man so far because they keep replacing. They it's they had like eight directors been already
1: sidelined and for so long, Paul. They've and had like Netflix... twenty different uh, producers. I mean, it's like just all over. So Netflix actually spent thirty million in development costs over two years for the project. So Kyle Allen was supposed to be the star. And then Netflix walked away from the budget originally set for more than 200 million. And apparently that could not be reduced. So now Amazon, you know, they're talking now about obtaining the film and obviously they're going to have to start from scratch, I guess, you know? Um, and now, I, I think based on the thing,
5: I would go a whole different direction. I mean, I think yeah. it would be better if you go with an old man, he man, and like, maybe like to have a young guy as like his protege or so, or, or that have He Man being a, a guy like a big guy instead of because what they're going to do they're trying to get these young guys in there and then have like instead of just CGI him up but have like two different people play He Man kind of like Incredible Hulk like Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno okay have like a big bodybuilder be He Man and have like just none mm. I mean that would make sense body suit for or,
4: yeah I mean that would make sense for Adam and He Man because yeah
5: I mean instead of doing I think what they were going to do originally would. Where it's just gonna like CGI like his head on like a bigger body and it's just, it doesn't
1: look right. Yeah, that's silly. I mean, obviously, when you look at the cartoon from way yeah. back when, you, it you was had like no a completely idea. different dude. It was he, like he was just it was a tan. It's a tan version of the same guy that was the alter ego. It just didn't yeah. work. It's just, um, over on Apple TV, they got a really looks really good. It's a nine episode. Just keeps war Kevin drama. Smith off the writing team. Kevin Smith Kevin is not Smith. allowed to write that movie. Exactly. All right. So over on Apple TV, only have one thing on Apple is a uh, Masters of Air limited series, uh, apparently uh, produced by Steven Spielberg. Wow. Big names associated with this one. Austin Butler, who played Elvis. And then you have Barry Keoghan from Banshees of Inisharian. uh They play bomber pilots, Major Gail Clevin and Lieutenant Curtis Biddick and uh basically yeah they're members of the air force fighting against nazi germany and uh if it's produced by steven spielberg expect it to be pretty epic i'm sure but the trailer did look very good and um i don't know spielberg's just really good i mean if you If you have to do a period piece, when you watch it, you, you really... He's
5: done one with, with a pilot from that era before. I mean, I remember... Didn't yeah. he have, like, a Steven Spielberg like anthology thing? I remember he had an episode like that, like where, like, the I pilot... Oh, so, yeah. Where, where, like, I think the gunner was in the bottom of the plane, and something happened where landing gear couldn't come down, and they were running out of fuel, so they had to make the choice to kill the gunner, or, and something magical happened that the plane didn't kill the gunner. Okay,
1: that sounds very familiar, but maybe it's...
5: But was, going, uh, I know Steven Spielberg wrote that and uh, directed that. maybe yeah, he's, some kind of anthology show he had in the he, 80s.
1: Interesting he could just be like going back to the well and just making some tweets for this new series. I don't know. Kind of like overall, Stephen King, they redo Stephen yeah. King every 5 years. Uh let's uh try to get through everything in the next uh, few minutes as I see some fatigue setting in. <laughs> um saturday night live had timothy chalamet as the host and uh, i thought he did a really good job Please cancel saturday night live it's time to cancel it and maybe i tell you what though. this notes. is the first saturday night live where they can promote their project and he actually sang the iconic song pure imagination with some lyrical changes uh to open up the show in the monologue um and we all know the pure imagination song song sure. from uh, uh, Charlie and the um, the Chocolate Factory, of course. see, there's he so. no.
5: He's still not. He's still not a Gene Wilder. Gene Gene Wilder. That's 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 well, my. Uh...
1: Gene is no longer with us, and he's playing a younger version. So I I think. I it's know, fair. but it's like still you can't replace Gene Wilder. I you know what?
0: You? Here's
5: here's can... and this
0: is showing our age, but we were spoiled because we got to see the original talent from Saturday Night Live. And all of them were so fucking funny. They were real comedians. Yep.
5: Now and it's just they, hey, it's now it's like hey, we hate Trump. It's like okay, what's so yeah, funny it's about that? It's I, I get it's it. One become, one it's fine if you can do that. That's fine. But move on and do other jokes. But they can't.
0: They can't than, because well, they can't. They can't write like the old guys. The old guys. No, can None, they none didn't of them do write do a, political stuff. They did really hysterical share, situational
1: comedy. yeah, well, yep. you got it. And is, they were
5: all... Remember, it was the not ready for primetime players, so they were offensive at times, and they're trying not to be offensive. But comedy yeah. is offensive, it's, like I mean,
1: okay, Mel
5: Brooks has the greatest comedies out there, and he offends people, but it's true, and he's not doing it to hurt people, he's doing it to yeah, point out the, of the, of the world part
4: two deeply offended me, it should have never been made.
0: <laughs> what the what.
4: History of the World History Part the World Two. Part two. On Hulu.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh,
4: well, a TV so the show
0: shouldn't
5: have been made, but History of uh-huh. the World was okay. Uh,
4: buff, History of the buff. World Part One, perfect. History of the World Part Two yes. has not a Mo Brooks movie. The, no. the SNL has been making fun of every president, going, oh, yes. this is not a Trump thing. Well, well, well no, we wait. There's, there's one that's currently
5: a president, and there's so much material.
4: Well, he's constantly in the news. Like, he has yes. a, yeah, but,
5: but the last one was in the constantly in the news, and they made fun of him I, left and right. Biden but this one here, they, they can make so much fun of him, and they don't, because they're like, hey, we have to put him on a pedestal. But he's the easiest guy to make fun of. If I could, like, put on a skin cap and do him, I would, and it would so be you a don't,
4: hit. Hold on, I had you to don't do remember, was just do stuff on. he actually does. You right, don't remember on. Jason Sudeikis doing uh, Uncle Joe Biden? Like, you don't remember... It still wasn't...
2: Uh,
5: yeah, but that like, still wasn't any. Really, that wasn't like as that wasn't like the Trump stuff they were doing. No, they had Trump on every week. There's you had they they made fun of Ford falling down the steps. When you have Biden falling up the steps, that would be the perfect get <laughs> have Biden falling up the steps. Every, very, you're so hated
1: about this. Are you a Trump supporter? <laughs>
5: you know, no, I mean, I'm just that. like I just like st- Saturday Night Live is just like so really, political right really, now. Really they, they, it is they, so okay. one-sided. He, it's like but, there's so no, much. Stuff on, they can do on, and they don't.
4: They've always up, they've always been political since the, the late 80s. Like yes. they've poked fun of Nixon, they poked fun of Reagan. Yes. They've they they have always but they, they don't put fun of
5: Biden or they never they poked do of, fun of Biden. They do not no they do not. There is no they, way. They, not as much as Trump. You had a guy playing Trump every episode. You had a guy playing trump even when he wasn't president you have a guy right. playing trump now and he's not president <laughs> it's like, Biden is like
4: so hold on you have to take oh, it into consideration either. you have to take consider consideration trump unlike every other so when the average person before trump was president you really only gave a shit about him for four to eight years and then after that they kind of went away
1: went away Carter
4: went away obama yes. went away
1: Right, they never made fun that of Obama. The only people away. who made
5: fun of Obama was uh, what do you call it? Um, Key Peel. The Saturday Night Live, I've never seen anything on Obama. You didn't he see did. the they might have done one or two small things on him, but not like anybody else. They never you touched didn't see Obama. Obama. Rock that still wasn't making fun of Obama. That was just kind of like Obama actually showed up on the show
1: and he that, did stuff. All right, yeah. uh, I never made fun. I understand. Hold on, Paul. Before I understand your passion so for Trump, I get it. The, but no, it's just not, not, not just the passion for Trump. It's just a passion
5: for <laughs> it being so one-sided, and like n- the political stuff is not the key of it. What about Samurai? Dude,
0: dude,
3: for it, real, he gives
0: you so much. That,
5: that he so gives you, you also, so much material. Trump does, what oh, Biden does too. Biden like can't even say words. All right, it's, but I it's think like sh- perfect. I think like we should move here's, on.
4: Here's the last note. Okay. You have to remember where but what happened
1: to the original characters like Goat Boy okay, or uh... hang on. Okay. Hang
4: on. Hang on. You're heated. <laughs> you hang have on. to you have to remember where is new where is SNL located and filmed
1: New York City.
4: Who has been a fixture of New York City prior to becoming president?
5: Who's also hosted the show more times than anybody else? Trump.
4: <laughs> yes. Trump has been a fixture of New York. They've poked fun of Trump. During The Apprentice, they poked front Trump uh, early on. Like the man. He, has of himself. Been a... he hosted the show as many exactly. as everybody else. So like yeah. you, it, you, you have an unfair comparison to somebody who is constantly in the news before, during and after his presidency versus a president who disappeared for four mm-hmm. years. Don't and talk about then...
5: Biden who's like he's like in the news every night and he's always screwing stuff up i mean
1: there's so much right. there's so much okay. material I, paul paul i, I you, you're very elevated i think we should move on <laughs> <Okay>. but <laughs> biden biden does get his fair share elevated. and we're I running do. out of time it has nothing to do with the political thing
5: you okay. need original characters they don't okay. have Desi, I don't, are you original
0: agree well i was just gonna say i have to get up early soon but i just okay. wanted so to bring up uh one thing yes um we we all know that Matthew Perry passed away, and um, so
1: sad that I'm made so, me so feel yeah. so
0: sad. I actually really felt like I lost a friend, and you know every everything that he suffered through and 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 dealt with um, the whole addiction problem. If you've ever had a friend or family member going through that, yeah, that struck a chord uh, in me. But the thing that really hurt the most, and I don't know where people think that they have a right to not have a filter and say anything they want on people's Instagrams. And I Mm -hmm. mean, this is a huge loss for the people that pretty much lived and worked side by side with him for 10 years.
2: Yeah.
0: And they gave him a ration of shit for not posting something about well, they haven't posted anything about him, and he passed away. These cruel, heartless people. This—they're not understanding. They're in a state of shock. They're mourning, and it—and it felt like a family member. So the last thing they want to do is post anything on social media because what? everybody else is posting so much, and then there's this speculation of how he died, and they just want privacy. They want a chance to mourn. Well, Why I don't not? even know
5: if that... Can I speak on this? Yeah. I don't know if that's even the case either, because nowadays people are afraid to say stuff, because look what happened to Ashton Kusher and uh, Mia Kunis when they defended uh, Danny Masterson, who was their friend. But, But it backlashed on him and they they lost all their they lost a lot by doing that. And I think they're afraid to say stuff because they're like, hey, if something comes out where he was overdosed, it would make us look bad. So I think everybody's afraid to say anything nowadays in today's day and age because they're afraid to get canceled, whether it was right or wrong. You know what I mean? So well, I think I people would have said something, but they're afraid to say stuff.
0: No, I don't okay. think they weren't That's they fair. weren't going to say something about his death. They were just getting criticized for not saying kind words or showing that they felt his loss
5: but I, I think they would have like people would have attacked them online i think there are, yeah. they are there are
0: there are goals on twitter like and
2: Facebook when, that they're would damn, for
0: when they're damn good and ready to say something they will yes. and if they don't that's up to them It's no. their relationship with him was a real one yeah. and it hurts and they need that privacy but with that said i think after his funeral they're now starting to come to terms because when you, yeah. I don't know my brother somebody, passed away, putting yeah. something on social media sucked because it made it real. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you're don't you not ready for it to be real and final yet. But um, Matt LeBlanc posted, it is with a heavy heart I say goodbye. The times we had together are honestly among the favorite times of my life. It was an honor to share the stage with you and to call you my friend. I will always smile when I think of you and I'll never forget you. Never. Spread your wings and fly, brother. You're finally free. Much love. And I guess you're keeping the 20 bucks you owe me.
4: (laughs) So I I think to your point, there is an issue that we have in our culture with parasympathetic relationships. Like we think we know in our own something by a celebrity. Yeah. Like... I I am so sorry about your brother's passing. Like, I have ideal. My sister is now like two and a half years recovered, and we almost lost her due to drugs. And, like, whether Matthew Perry died of a heart attack, whether he died of a relapse, it's none of our fucking business. The man died. It it is also nobody's responsibility to tell us that they're grieving, whether it's the cast of that show, whether it's people he's worked with, or, or anything. We are owed nothing. They're entertainers, right, right. they're doing their job, and when they're not doing their job, we have gotten into the dangerous world of feeling entitled yeah. to hear from somebody. Right.
2: Exactly, yeah. It's true. Um, yeah.
4: It's true. The, the reality of it is, we lost art that we'll never see from him again, those people lost a family member they'll never get to talk to again, and the entitlement of the audience needs to really kind of check itself sometimes.
0: That is exactly
5: the entitlement. But you're right. There's like so many fake people out there, like of my band. I mean, there's two of five of us still alive. I mean, because I mean, a lot of them got into drugs and it's like, and there are a lot of fake people who are like, Hey, uh, uh, we're here for you. And then like, they're not, they're only there for you when you're in the limelight, when you're not in the limelight, they could give a shit. You know what i mean they're because they right. they're there for the gratification of making making them making i guess i guess they want to get secondary fame from thinking they're associated with you in some way if that makes sense
4: well like, yeah I, mean, I don't know I, so i mean i just think
0: they make assumptions and uh, people have lost the difference between reality and perceived reality that's put on social media, yeah. and they they and they think that they know you personally. They think they know what you're thinking. They're already criticizing you and making assumptions for you not and attacking you personally. Don't you have a heart? Don't you this? Why don't you say some? They're insulting these people that are going through a painful time. Well, well,
2: like,
5: well, here's it's a good so example ridiculous. right now. Here's a good example right now. The Palestine Israel thing. Nobody knows what to say because they're so afraid if they speak their opinion, they get canceled or fired. Yeah. like Because if they take one side, they get fired. If they take the other side, they get fired. Like that woman from the Cartoon Network got fired for supporting Israel. So like somebody would say, hey, I support Palestine. They might get fired from whatever job they have. So they're so afraid of getting canceled or fired nowadays. They don't speak their mind. And you can't live that way. It's going to
0: eventually catch up. Yeah, you can't. I I have I have Jewish friends and I have Jewish family members, and I feel bad for Israel. But also, when I'm seeing slaughtered children, Mm -hmm. even in war, that's why we have the United Nations. But there's but there's also other areas.
5: But here's the thing: the U.S. is using that to prop stuff up. We don't talk about like other areas. There's been a lot of stuff in Lebanon and other countries that are just completely not mentioned.
1: Yeah. Well, well, let's, Desi let's and Paul, nobody, Desi and Paul I, did, I didn't <laughs> wanna, I didn't want to I didn't want to take this, the, the show into the direction of <laughs> okay, discussing so that, the war, yeah, let's, but I, I let let's wrap up things here on BTB because we have been going for a long time. Oh yeah, we Tegan need to be it. I want to do I want to drop
0: remind people to be compassionate. Yes. That's it. Be compassionate.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Desi. I want to drop two more things before I wrap up because of our BB Brother fans from last week, Big Brother. We have an the first indian sick winner of big brother who won the vote five votes to two and that's jag baines um i myself and the panel from last week kristen and kenny we all thought matt was going to win because he was also would have made history as the first deaf winner of big brother but so he had the first indian sick winner and the first deaf contestant ever on big brother and uh why can't they just be people? Why can't why do you have to be categorized, I well, think? That's, 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 re- that's how reality, that's how reality TV goes down nowadays, buddy. And it was Jag, Matt, and Bowie in the final three. And of course, Jag voted out Bowie. It came down to Jag and Matt. And of course, five to two vote. Jag wins the seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar prize. And of course, Matt wins ten percent of that seventy-five thousand. And then you have America's winner, Cameron, who was my favorite. I was going for the underdog because he got a lot of hate that he didn't really need. Cameron Harden was the winner of the America's Vote $50,000. And um, I really, really enjoyed Big Brother. I know no, none of you guys watch Big Brother, but uh, it was a really good season, and they really extended the season because of like the writers and the actors' strike because, as you know, reality television doesn't need... WGA writers and it doesn't. Wait a second! If I come on with the shag actors,
2: bigger brother, would
1: that work?
5: <laughs> they you can't say? see me over that, can they? <laughs> if I come on with a show called Bigger Brother, bigger
1: would that work? Bigger Brother, <laughs> Bigger Brother would work <laughs> with, with you, Paul. Would work with you. So, because we're running out of time, I'm going to skip all the celebrity gossip stuff. Let's get into the three matches for Survivor Series. It's you mean more, you don't want to mention the Will Smith controversy right now? We're running out of time, Paul. <laughs> okay. Now. All right. I, I think, won't uh, mention. I think fatigue is settling in for everybody. Okay. And let's let's end the night show with our Survivor Series picks. We only have three matches to predict, guys. Okay. Uh So, of course, Survivor Series is taking place November 25th at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Will CM Punk return? They've been dropping some so. kind of hints on the sheets, showing images of the the CM Punk stars. You know, so I don't know. It could, be, it could be foretelling. It could be a red herring. I don't know. But we'll have to wait and see if CM Punk does return. But we do have three matches. you want my opinion on that one? Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I think
5: since Vince is... Well, I mean, I know Triple H truly hates CM Punk. But since Vince is so owned, it's owned, so. a company and it's owned by a, a different company, I have a hunch right. just they see the dollar signs and it would be the perfect, like, Blow to AEW if you bring CM Punk back at this point in time, and CM Punk wants to make AEW look bad. So, I, I'm i sure he would be willing to, to negotiate with WWE to come back.
4: Okay, I have, a, but I have he, a counter to that. Okay, CM Punk's the devil in AEW. No, yes. I know that.
5: Yes, they hate so, him. In AEW. He hates AEW and he wants to make them look bad. That's or he has motivation. He's or
4: does he? Are you being worked? There's a Ring I'm of working. Honor. There's a Ring of Honor promo that both he and MJF called back. That he said the greatest thing the Devil ever did was make you believe he didn't exist. And oh, uh, okay, I know who you're talking right about. Yeah, now CM Punk said it in Ring of Honor. MJF brought it back for their belt strap, and mm-hmm. now the Devil is his own character, off on his own. All around the time where hype of CM Punk is coming back, so I I think it's more likely that CM Punk may show up in AEW than WWE. Oh, I think well, that would be a huge be... market if they pull that one
5: off. But I I just I just not thought there was so much bad blood oh, there. I mean,
1: but do you think the stars are red herrings because they've been showing them? I on the sheets.
4: I think we're looking. You know, it's like when you buy a blue too... car, you see blue cars everywhere.
1: Oh, Okay, people are looking yeah. too too You're much looking into
4: for it. stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: So the War Games rules, two teams will be contained in separate cages, one member of each team starting the match. After five minutes, a member from the Advantage team will be released to enter the match. And then after a three-minute period, alternate members from each team will enter the match until all competitors are inside the cage. Once all competitors have entered, War Games officially begins. Only way to win the match is by pinfall or submission. So it looks like we're just picking a team for this pick. So we're going to either pick the Judgment Day comprised of Damian Priest, who was designated the leader, uh, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and I guess he's officially now with Judgment Day, J.D. McDonough. Um, They're taking on the team of the world champion, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, and Sammy Zayn. Mike Doherty, why don't we start with you? Which team are you picking to go over?
4: uh i'm going judgment uh, uh. <laughs> i'm going judgment day okay with interference
1: yes and, uh, Th- so and, here's uh, the
4: caveat like we're doing this a couple weeks early we have at least one more raw in between and that everything that just happened in the the last one
1: we, we want to say goodbye to Desi, but Desi, we don't like those okay. Irish goodbyes. We like to announce somebody.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't want to interrupt you guys because you said. Right okay,
1: let her make, make a pick that's okay. real quick. I have to be Desi, up really
0: early. And- that's
1: okay, Desi. We're going to let you go. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much, Desi Velez, the thank freaking Rican, the Latin satin, for participating on Below the Belt Show. Thank you so much, Desi. Bye. Okay, that's Ma- it. Okay, Michael, please continue. Sorry.
4: Yeah, I, I, I'm going to give this one to Judgment Day. For Judgment games. Day.
1: All right, I'll go next. I predict judgment day, but I think we're going to get a switcheroo on one of the members of Judgment Day. I think from what we saw in Raw, I think that Drew McIntyre will be replacing replacing JD McDonough. Um, it will make the team stronger, and the impact of Drew now in that um team okay. will will Cause him to go over because you know what I mean. Seth is already champ. Yeah. Um, if he if he loses if he loses he doesn't lose the belt. So whatever. So I'm gonna also pick Judgment Day as well.
4: So this right, yeah but- this is what I hold on this is what I was getting ready to say before we let Does he go is that we okay. have a wild card of what could happen next week. So does this become five on five like past war games?
2: Oh. Or does this go four Ooh, on yeah, four?
4: Or does this go four on four? And and I think we're going five on five. Oh, and we okay. need the return of somebody. Oh, which is why everybody's hyping up CM Punk.
1: Really,
4: but I still give it to the Judgment Day.
1: Judgment Day, and that fifth member could be
4: uh, like a Sam Randy Punk Orton. Or... Could be CM Punk. Could be anybody. Randy
1: Orton returning. Yeah. Wow, that's great. That's a great great prediction. All right, Big Paul.
5: I agree with you guys because I mean. I think everybody's just going to assume with, I mean, Cody Rhodes and Rollins and all of them on the team, they're going to just assume that team's going to win. So Judgment Day is going to upset them, I think, just because they're the underdogs, I guess, technically in that match.
1: Yeah. And I think adding Drew McIntyre after he turned yeah. heel. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, I, think,
5: I think you're right. Yeah.
1: Adds to the mix. And yes, if it ends up being five on five, we, we could. It, tell you what if they end up doing five on five you want to change your picks you're more than welcome to so that's the the war games match um all right moving on the intercontinental championship match in my opinion the easiest match match to predict uh on the card uh gunther defending against the miz let's start with darth paul wallace um does gunther have a record yet gunther is the longest reigning intercontinental champion he uh already surpassed the honky tonk man well, I, I, might get, I might go
5: opposite. I might actually not choose God I might choose the Miz because the Miz hasn't had anything in a while.
2: Really?
1: It's like if you've
5: already got the record, it's like you you, get, you you don't have to like just give it to anymore. Once he gets the record, it's like, eh, it's fair game now. So I, I'll give it to the Miz because Miz hasn't As I said, the Miz hasn't had anything in a while. He is popular, so I mean – and he's a good heel. So it's like I think he would be a good
1: – Wow. Miz with the upset, according to Darth Paul, winning the – Winning the Intercontinental Championship at Survivor Series. All right, um, Rainmaker, you're
4: next. Gunther. Gunther. Yeah, I'm gonna, they're going to use. Uh, I think they're going to use Miz to to prop him up even more. Okay. I don't think he drops for a bit. Yeah,
1: and I, I don't. I agree. I'm going to go with Gunther as well, retaining. It won't be a squash match, I and mean, Miz will put on a hell of a fight. You get a couple near falls. You know he's he's gonna make them. But but see the Miz know. is so arrogant. He's good with the belt yeah. because then he's just gonna yeah.
5: antagonize Gunther to make Gunther get his revenge and get the belt back. But I, I think
1: I try trying to get the belt back. I think Gunther's gonna hold the title until uh, WrestleMania. I he's gonna have a marquee match at WrestleMania. And if you take the title yeah, but what off if of him,
5: loses it now and then wrestles the Miz
4: in Re- WrestleMania. That's, I mean, fair. From that, that's fair.
1: That's fair, but I, I still in my gut I believe I yeah, I, cool.
4: I could see them setting up a storyline for the two of them for a rematch. Yes. I just don't see him dropping it yet. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm gonna go with that as well. All right, the third match on the card, Rhea Ripley defending against Zoe Stark. And I haven't started yet. Um, mommy's always on top. I'm gonna go with mommy again. I think mommy's gonna hold the title to WrestleMania. I think and I feel it's the same way I feel about Gunther. Those two are going to have the title through WrestleMania and then at WrestleMania I can see either either champion maybe dropping depending on who the opponent is. Yeah. But Zoe Stark she's still she's still fairly green in my eyes yeah. so I don't see that happening. All right, going next um Darth Paul Wallace.
5: Okay, I'm going to go with Rhea too. I mean it's like I just uh, I think they're just going to just keep pushing her until Wrestlemania. It's like, why not? Okay. I mean, she's like she's like the modern China, and I think yep. they want
1: to showcase her. Okay. Mike Darty.
4: See there? Oh, Mike
1: is on mute. You're
4: I on hit mute. the space button. Uh, I think we're all like Rhea. It's going to be Rhea. I don't think this is the upset show for them uh if anything i think this might be judgment day coming out stronger with the maybe inclusion of drew mcintyre as part of the group
1: okay very very interesting okay very good unless they go for shirts and have him
5: lose everything and, and so, then
1: so there was actually um um because of the whole storyline with now oscar and Carrie Sane now joining the damage control faction that they're gonna have damage control, all five ladies of damage control versus Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and two more other superstars uh in another women's war games match. And I can see that happening. I can totally Actually, see I, that happening.
5: What's Liv Morgan's status? Is she back yet, or is she because she should be back soon?
1: That's a good question. I don't know. I would love to. They're gonna try
5: to sneak her in for this pay-per-view because I mean I know she love. was gonna come back soon, I think.
1: Love seeing some Liv Morgan. I definitely miss seeing her. She's definitely very easy on the eyes. So yeah. <laughs> I do hope she's back very, very soon. And uh of course, Mike M- Michael and I discussed uh um crown jewel last week and went over the picks. And of course, yours truly is a new champion. But yeah, it's it's I and I have to just mention again logan paul winning the u.s title is just great pr for wwe he was actually yeah. at the latest ufc pay-per-view i think i got and- that one right didn't i because then i predict them too sorry oh, you did predict him as well but i don't think you won the picks so i have to look back real quick but uh, uh yours truly did win of course you know he's showering naked in him for his, all his millions of instagram <laughs> followers and youtube followers and
5: Actually, like there was controversy about that because then they fire what's her name for that um uh, Mandy Rose cuz she did the same same thing she dressed naked with the belts around
1: her. Eh, she did a little bit more than that though. I think she did something a little more naughty. Did she actually do more than that?
5: I thought she just took pictures naked with the belts on like that. Uh, like,
1: it was it was for like a an oldie fans type of subscriber site and I think that's the oh, reason okay. why. But um yeah, Mike we talked about that that near very crazy um, Moon salt that Ray took into uh, Logan yeah, Paul that where Logan Paul saved, yeah, saved Logan his Paul life saved his life and then he actually said um, Logan Paul on his podcast that it was uh, he said he appreciates that but he says it's really on him as well because he was a little well, he said it's should have been yeah yes. both he said they both exactly he said he he doesn't like he didn't think that he should get all the praise but thank you for the praise anyways basically yeah. but it was really and you know he was also very yeah this is on his impulsive podcast he was very worried when he caught ray that his, if his knee would give out and things like that so yeah nonetheless I mean, isn't that, uh,
5: is that what screwed will Osprey out? then he'd do something like that and like mess up and i think he messed up his neck and stuff too didn't he
1: who are you referring to will osprey will osprey okay yeah that does sound familiar yeah, as as yeah. It.
5: I mean, he's back now, but I mean, I heard WWE might sign him, but I mean, but he he did that kind of stuff, and I think he messed right. up his neck back.
1: So there you go. Yeah. All right, man. That's all I have um, for the card. So I guess I'm hopefully we're gonna get more confirmed matches that we can uh, do our picks. Uh, well, not John Cena card.
5: anymore because the strikes over. So John Cena's back to acting, I guess.
1: Yeah, I hope I hope he gets one more WrestleMania moment. He's he's deserving one more title reign to surpass Ric Flair because Ric Flair is now yeah. with AEW. I would like to see... I can see Cena winning the sad one thing more is championship. That you, they keep jarring him out to everybody now. It just seems like he's just the mm, I don't know. I, I see one more title reign for Cena and then him dropping it the next day or maybe the mm-hmm. next week or something like that. I see that happening. So, probably be, so, it's probably something know. stupid like Brock. Well, it, it so I have a, a question.
4: He's the greatest of all time. Yes. So here's my question. Uh... Do we see the rise of the Kabuki Warriors and the oh. fall of damage control?
1: And the B- Kabuki so, Warriors yes. are who specifically?
4: So Harry, uh, Karina, Asuka, Asuka, and... Uh, Asuka and Kari Sane were the Kabuki Warriors in Japanese uh, wrestling.
2: Ah. Yep.
4: So they've come over. They're now a team. So they keep Io Sky, uh, yeah, Io Sky. Sky, Io, Sky is really Io Sky, and then they drop Bailey, and
3: you,
4: that gives Bailey, Bailey, Bailey the chance to turn and Dakota. Face. No, but they drop Bailey and gives Bailey a chance to become face again. I
5: think Only they, Bailey. Well, they
4: Bailey. Only Bailey.
5: I think they would uh, drop Dakota too. I don't think they would keep both of them. Don't know because it, cause we'll it defeats the. I mean, I think it was supposed to be like an
4: all Asian group, right? Well, Kabuki Warriors is so, just the two of them, Asuka and Kari. No, yeah, but Nathonees.
5: I know, but, but now you have uh, Kari Sane involved too. I mean, Kari Sane. Yeah. Kari saying, you have. P.S. Guy. Yeah. P.S. Guy involved too. So now you have three of them. So it's like, so if you drop Bailey, and so you would have to add somebody else in with them, I guess, to, to yeah. do a three on three. Yeah.
1: Probably so. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Survivor's happening. I guess you happening. could
5: with them, I guess. Charlie yeah. With
1: Survivor Series now being back to the Thanksgiving tradition, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Of course, BTB not uh, on the air next week. We're taking oh, a. you talk about week. the
5: Thanksgiving horror movie like- where they kill? <laughs> what? You, you Anyways, have not hear previews on that?
1: All there's right, there's Paul. A- we we, we got to wrap up. We got to wrap okay, up. Okay, it is a sad Thanksgiving horror movie that's coming out on yes. Thanksgiving. Yeah, we talked about that a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, it. It, had its, it had its run at the New York Comic Con. Nonetheless... Okay. Let's throw out a rest in peace. Of course, we mentioned Matthew Perry, who passed away a couple of weeks ago. Yep. But we also lost Matan Mir, a crew member on the Netflix series, Fauda, actually killed in action during an, Israel, an Israel-Hamas war. It's and crazy. apparently him and four other Israeli soldiers were killed after encountering, encountering a booby trap tunnel next to the mosque in the northern Gaza. And he was only 38 years old. So rest in peace to Matan Mir. Uh, Kevin Turin, producer of X and HBO shows The Idol and Euphoria, died at the age of 44, no cause of death given. Oh, that's young. Um, we also, yeah. yeah, no no, no doubt. We also lost Janet Langard, um, who starred in 1968's The Swimmer uh, along Burt Lancaster and on the Donna Reed shows, passed away at the age of 75 due to cancer. Uh, Connie Van Dyke, singer songwriter from Motown records, who starred in films such as framed and WW and the Dixie dance Kings passed away at the age of 78 and Peter white known for his role as attorney Lincoln, Tyler, in the soap opera, all my children and on, on screen in the boys in the band, sadly died also of cancer melanoma to be specific, uh, at his home in LA. So rest in peace to those who are no longer with us. And happy birthday to the following. Celebrating a birthday on November 14th includes Reverend Run of Run DMC is 59. Wow. I always thought he was going to be older than that, though, because he's been around forever, hasn't he? They have been around forever. Patrick Warburton of uh, The Tick, Seinfeld, many others, 59. Josh D'Amel from Las Vegas, Transformers, and many other, many other things. He's 51 today. Travis Barker, Blink-182. Is he still married happy, to Fergie? Or is he not married to Fergie anymore? I, they've split. Yeah, they split okay. a long time ago. Travis Barker, Blink-182, is 48. Happy birthday, Travis. Um, arguably one of the greatest drummers around today.
5: Isn't he with um, Kim
1: Kardashian? He is with Courtney Kardashian.
5: Kourtney, okay, I think he's going only with Kourtney yeah.
1: Kardashian. Yep. Um, happy birthday, Olga Kurlenko. Quantum of Silence is 44. Okay, happy birthday, Vanessa Bayer, formerly of Saturday Night Live, is 42. And yeah, that's birthday today. So yeah, I don't recognize any of their names. So, wow, what an incredible show from top to bottom, guys! Wow, um, it was a super sized show because we're off next week. We wish all our listeners, our friends, and family. Happy Thanksgiving! Enjoy it with your loved ones. Eat till your heart's content. Who cares about watching carbs and calories I on do. that special week? Not on Thanksgiving! Come on, now, just enjoy yourself, dude. That's the one day you get to uh, <laughs> you get to forget all about that. I'd like to thank, of course, early in the program, our guest Stephanie Sanditz. Uh, who produced an amazing um, pilot called The High Life, which is a part of the Baltimore Next Media Festival. Thank you so much, Desi Velez, the freaking Recon. Thank you so much, Michael, the Rainmaker Doherty, for joining us once again here on BTB. And, of course, the one and only Darth Paul Wallace, the Sith Lord, six foot eight, and you can't teach that? I am a Sith Lord. (laughs) I'm Al Celebrity Soto, guys. Closing out tonight's show um, is um, why not? Because the the this crazy guy, Jared Leto, actor extraordinaire of 30 Seconds to Mars, decided to pull a crazy stunt. Could have killed himself just to promote his He's new music. He's always crazy. But nonetheless, uh, that was on my notes, but I, I figured I'd tie it into the closing cut. This is one of my favorite 30 Seconds to Mars song. It's called The Kill. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. We will see you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. We will see you guys in two weeks until then.
4: Peace.